This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. All right, everybody, the wait is just about over. Round two of the Stanley Cup playoffs are here, and the battle for the Canadian division begins tonight at Bell MTS Place with the Montreal Canadiens visiting the Winnipeg Jets. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. I'm your host, Andrew Patterson, along with the CTO, Michael Remus, back at the Winnipeg Sports Talk Command Center. And uh, needless to say, we've got lots to get to today, folks. Game one tonight Jets have Scott Billick will join us a little later on. Get uh, the latest from the Winnipeg Jets heading into tonight's game one and coming up in about 15 20 minutes. Former Montreal Canadian and great friend of the program, Dale Weiss, going to join us to uh, talk about how the Habs did it and what he expects to see coming up in this seven game series beginning tonight at Bell MTS Place. As always, we are brought to you by our wonderful family of sponsors, Not Autocorp, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza. The Nick and Nicky TQ Group, Little Brown Jug Brewing, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, Cool Bet, Aikens Lake, and our newest sponsor, PolicyMe.com. Let's get uh, right to it and welcome in Michael Remus. Remo, the uh, wait is just about over, and you can just feel the buzz in the city, albeit there will be no fans as per se, average fans. There will be 500 fully vaccinated healthcare workers in the building, which um, is a great bit of news, I think. Um, Anyone that's complaining about that seriously needs to pick their battles a little bit better. Um, But bottom line is, um, we've got a lot of anticipation um, and a strange amount because we went nine days between games, but it was only less than 48 hours ago that we knew that the Montreal Canadiens would be the opponent for the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Yeah, it's been a while uh, since we've had a game. We've been waiting for it. Finally, it's here nine days uh, without a game. Uh, it's been nice that uh, they're allowing 500 healthcare workers. I'm kind of curious what that's going to be. I was texting with some friends who entered the lottery. Uh, I know one of them didn't didn't get in, but uh, I, I guess I'm assuming they're going to do it again for uh, game two. So it'll be cool to have some fans. We'll see what kind of noise they can make. Are they going to be dressed up? We haven't seen fans here in Winnipeg. Uh, for over a year at the Pell MTS Place. Uh, it's insane. Event that is usually like one of the busiest arenas in North America. Uh, been dormant, but that's what it is, and uh, we're looking forward to that. But also uh, looking forward to Game 1 tonight. Uh, we're going to have the rested Winnipeg Jets against Montreal, who just came off a seven-game series, and they're going to be having a very heavy schedule as we get into Game 4. A lot of talk about the goaltending today, uh, Price versus Hellebuck. And as well, a couple former Jets in Ben Sherratt and Yoel Armia in Montreal. Yeah, there are a, a lot of interesting stories between the clubs. And, you know, the one thing I don't think we'll bother spending too much time on is talking about the regular season series. I think as we found out in the first round, a lot of that is ancient history. Um, you know, the Jets did have, you know, some good wins against Montreal. They also had some really ugly losses thinking about that 7-1 game earlier in the year. And then, you know, the the loss in the but the last week in the season where they had the two goals from Trevor Lewis, were up 3-1 to one and ended up losing. That was sort of the end of that really bad stretch for the Winnipeg Jets and afterwards really turned it around. It's a fascinating matchup, though, Reem. And I, and I have to say, it really hasn't been until this morning digging into some of the stories around the series, going over Habs lines that... I've really come to terms with the fact that this series is going to be Winnipeg and Montreal. Um, The way that that series turned around and the stunning nature of the Leafs' demise yesterday. Uh, I've spent most of the time yesterday, to be honest, thinking about 
that series and how, like, what the hell happened to the Toronto Maple Leafs? But as we said yesterday on the program, we have now buried the Leafs. Uh, the Leafs, for their part, are getting buried today in Toronto in their end-of-season meetings after blowing the 3-1 lead to the Montreal Canadiens. And we've got a really unique situation going into at least tonight's Game 1, Reem, in that in that... You know, the Habs are coming off an incredible comeback, an emotional, hard seven-game series, while the Winnipeg Jets challenge is not anything to do with rest. It's being able to ramp up and get back to where they were in that series against Edmonton with such a long break off, longer than any point they've had really this season. Yeah, I totally agree. We're going to have to wait and see if the Jets can match their intensity level that they had off the bat against Edmonton. Um, I'm not sure if they'll get there right away, but you have to think so. And I was looking at uh, Dom's uh, model, and he had this as the closest series. I think it was like a coin flip. So that's how close these two teams are, at least according according to him, and that's someone who uh, whose projections I have the most respect for. So you look at that. But I think the difference, and Mike said this yesterday, is we get to Game 4, the Canadians will have played 11 games in 19 days, and I think that is going to take an effect on them. And I think you, that's something to watch as you go on, the fatigue level. Meanwhile, the Jets will have played, what, like uh, however many, like half that many games. So um, I think, you know, I think the Jets are at a real good spot here. But as we remember, I think someone mentioned game one against Vegas of the 2018 West Final. I was convinced the Jets were going to the Cup after that. And we know what happened. <laughs> Vegas won four straight. And I think a lot of us also, you know, just look at the first round. I don't think a lot of people had both of these teams here. So whatever you think might happen, especially what happened in the regular season, means nothing. Uh, so we are just looking forward to the game tonight. The Jets, you know, I think it is good, though. Ehlers going to be healthier. Dubois, you know, I think we're kind of speculating that he's been battling some stuff throughout this year. And uh, I think Kiprio said that yesterday. It's going to be huge uh, for those two guys. So uh, well, the countdown is on. I should have, like, a countdown thing until puck drop here at the bottom <laughs> corner. <laughs> Um, you know, it, 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 listen, the, the extra rest from the injury side of things, I think is massive for the Winnipeg Jets and, you know, get an extra week for Nikolai Ehlers in particular, you know, to, to, to get healthy because this will be a difficult series. I mean, we saw what Toronto, what Montreal was able to do Toronto and we saw what the Winnipeg Jets did to Edmonton. And I, I guess the thing, and I'm looking forward to talking to Dale Weiss in particular about this is, you know, what he expects to see tonight when they drop the puck. I mean, you know, I would think that going up against Montreal and the attack against Montreal would be kind of different than a team like Edmonton or Toronto just because of the way that they're they're made and they're built. Um, you know, it just seemed like in the Edmonton series, it was so much about stopping McDavid and Dreisaitl. And if you were able to do that, you're in, you're in really good shape. Um, the Jets did that for the most part. When they didn't, they needed to score some goals, got the, to overtime, and we know how things went in games two, three, and four in the extra frame, triple OT in the uh, in the one game. Um, but honestly, um, you know, do, does the do we do the Jets do different uh, anything differently than the way they came out against Edmonton, or do they feel that that is the blueprint to win in the playoffs? Period. And that's the way they start going forward. I, I'm quite interested because I do think there's probably maybe a little bit more offense to be gained by the Winnipeg Jets. But again, it doesn't really matter how many you score as long as it's one more than the other team. And I think that for Winnipeg, the key to their success in round number one was a real consistent focus on back pressure, back check, neutral zone, no free lanes. Um, and, I, and I think that's probably what we'll see coming out of the first period tonight, Reem. 
Yeah, and we know uh, Montreal, I mean, they've relied on uh, Phil Dano to shut down the opposition. He's playing with uh, Daily Faceoff right now, Gallagher, uh, Dano Evans. What do you got? Toffoli, Suzuki, Caulfield. Now, I'm, you know, we haven't seen too much Caulfield against the Jets. I remember the first two games, you know, he didn't get in the lineup and then it seemed like once he was in, they turned it around. <laughs> so, uh, and then you got third line, you got Byron, Kotkanemi, Anderson, and then fourth line, Perry, Stahl, Armia. So, Montreal doesn't really have that, you know, top end elite talent, but throughout the lineup, they are um, they are pretty solid. So uh, that those matchups are going to be something we're going to be you know <laughs> tuned in for, dialed in, and we'll see uh, how it shakes out. Yeah, um, and, and you know, I I do think this is going to be a series that you're going to see contributions from players from the top to the bottom of the lineup, and I'll say that for both teams. I mean, the Edmonton Oilers game plan was pretty simple. Play McDavid and Dreisaitl 30 minutes a game, and hopefully they outscore the other squad. Montreal is very different. And you mentioned, I mean, Dano was the one forward that played over 20 minutes in the, in that final game. All the other forwards were in and around just the mid-teens. Um, and it does speak to the depth that Montreal has that maybe Edmonton didn't, uh, that they are able to roll the four lines like that. I mean... You know, it's interesting, Raymond, again, you know, going off the daily face-off lines, the centers, Dano, Suzuki, Kakaniemi, and Stahl, a pretty good group. Now, Kakaniemi at the beginning wasn't even in the lineup. Neither was Cole Caulfield. But both of those players came in and were very impactful, and you imagine that you'll see them going forward. But, I mean, the fourth line, Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, and Joel Armia, that, I mean, listen, they don't have the high-end talent even of the Jets, I don't think, when it comes to scoring. But the Montreal Canadiens are a pretty deep team. And when you get past the quality they have on that third, especially the fourth line, you then go to a top four defense of Sherratt, Weber, Edmondson, and Petrie that will play big, big minutes tonight and really showed their worth in the first round against the Leafs. Yeah, and you know they've all their guys can contribute. Um, you know Tyler Toffoli, uh, he's been maybe the free agent pickup uh, of the offseason, so... Uh, can they contain him? Can they contain this power play? Uh, we haven't even touched on the defense. Uh, you know, Shea Weber was out during the year, and you have to wonder, you know, he's a bit fresher now because he didn't play all those games. And um, Jeff Petrie, and he doesn't really get talked about a lot, but he's a very solid offensive defenseman as well. You know, where they can be exposed, if you ask uh, Montreal fans, is their bottom pair, uh, Kulak and Gustafsons. We'll see how many minutes they get. I know a lot of people confused as to why Romanov hasn't been in the lineup. But um, if you're like one of the Jets, you know, looking for that tasty matchup, I think would you know take advantage of uh, those guys. Yeah, Romanov. The, the Romanov situation is interesting. We'll ask Dale Weiss about that. I, I have to admit, I mean, when I saw the Habs play this year, I was really impressed by him. I mean, I thought that if you had told me that there were two options, he would either be on the top uh, in the top four or out of the lineup. I would have thought he would be more likely to be in the top four. So. Um, that, well, anyways, we'll get to that with Weezy when he comes on in just a couple of minutes. Uh, and then, of course, Scott Billick a little bit later on in the program. Um, Remo, it's also draft lottery today. Uh, are we going to do something fun? Maybe uh, our, our own little WST draft lottery and uh, we'll maybe give away a DQ cake at the end of the program? Yeah, it is Jets game day, so we do want to give away a cake. I think the draft, especially here in Winnipeg, not being talked about. I remember, you know, the line A year, we basically did the draft 
lottery is just like a daily thing. All right, let's do the draft lottery simulator. What's going to happen? And, I, you know, I looked at the odds. Buffalo, number one team, 16.6% chance of the number one pick. Anaheim, second, 12.1. And then Seattle and New Jersey, number three, at 10.3%. So it's just for the top two. I guess because, you know, some teams were tanking really hard and not getting rewarded. They've, you know, they've changed it to try to reward the worst teams. Who was it? Detroit. I think got kind of screwed out of their tank, right? Isn't that if you're trying to help? (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, It's just good not to be in the draft lottery game right now, but we will have some fun with that at the end of the program. As I mentioned, Scott Billick coming up, Dale Weiss in just a minute. Uh, Before that, I do want to get to a couple messages from our sponsors, including our newest sponsor, Policy Me, and the website policyme.com. Um, listen, this is not your dad's life insurance broker. I'll ask you a few questions. Do you like sales calls with insurance brokers? How about doing lots of paperwork? Being upsold a bunch of other types of insurance you don't need? Well, if so, keep scrolling or keep going because policy isn't for you. However, if you love a hassle-free online experience that doesn't involve talking to anybody on the phone... Check out Policy Me. It's quick and easy life insurance that'll get you that you could do from your standing desk couch or even while you're listening to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Very simply, Policy Me offers affordable rates on average 10 to 20% lower than other insurers in Canada. You'll get an instant decision. You won't be waiting around for weeks. And uh, most people don't require a medical exam. It's a simple, easy, online, straightforward process that'll save you time, hassle, and get you a great weight. It's not the sexiest purchase, but it's something that you probably need going forward for you and your family. So check out online, policyme.com. And we did get a quote. I did get a text from someone or a tweet saying, uh, Paula C. Me. No, it's not Paula and then S-E-E. It's policy, like the word. Policy me.com get there and when uh, they ask you how you heard about the site please mention podcast um also speaking of nick and nikki dq i heard nick today on jets at lunch uh, mentioning uh, that it's a great day for a blizzard um we're definitely into blizzard season right now uh in addition to a uh, whiteout that'll be happening in all in all uh, homes around the uh, the city uh dq Nick and Nikki, Neverville, Northgate, Polo Park, and St. Anne's. Uh, they'll get you a cake ready, maybe a great Jets cake. We'll give one of those away later on today, but you can order them online at DQ Manitoba and connect with them and the four stores through there. Even order it in advance, get it ready to pick up. Big thanks to Nick and Nikki for their support. And of course, Breezy Bend Country Club. We'll uh, get to a little PGA update tomorrow as they get going at the Memorial Tournament. Uh, but we're just waiting to get these restrictions open and get back together on the golf course. It is gorgeous out at Breezy right now. And if you're thinking about becoming a member for next year, you can get on the waiting list, breezybend.ca. All right, let's get to some puck talk. Great timing to welcome in our guy, Dale Weiss, Winnipeg native, but former Montreal Canadian. And I see he's got the uh, Habs hat on. That's good. Going back against, by the way, for people listening on the podcast, I am wearing the 4-0 Q-Zip from the first round. And uh, I see, uh, Dale, nice to see that you're uh, showing off some of your kicks in the background. Uh, That's quite the shoe closet you've got there. Yeah, I got some interesting ones. Uh, You know, those are my playoff shoes, so I keep those around from time to time. (laughs) How's it going, pal? Great to talk to you. Who would have thunk it? Jets have second round, huh? Man, uh, it's crazy. I, I wouldn't have thought it when we talked a couple months ago that this would be the situation today. Um, you know, literally the way the Jets were trending, the way Montreal was trending, 
I don't think anybody could have predicted this, but uh, as a fan, I'm so excited. No, I, I think uh, I think we all are. It is uh, not what people expected, but certainly if you're connected to either of these markets, such a huge opportunity to be the last team standing in Canada. Lots of bragging rights that go on with that, not to mention still keeping the dream, dream alive of playing with the Stanley Cup. Listen, before we get to this matchup between Winnipeg and Montreal, let's go back to the series. How the heck did the Habs do it? Did they do it or was this just the most epic choke job ever of the Toronto Maple Leafs like we're hearing about nonstop? Man, I could go on, on on both arguments with that one. Um, you know, I, I'll choose to look at the positive side first. Carey Price was was playoff Carey Price. He was incredible. He comes in, steals game one, and the team played well in game one. Um, as the series went on, two, three, Toronto wins three in a row. And I, I'm, I, to be honest with you, I'm the biggest optimistic Montreal Canadiens fan, and I was doubting them. I, I didn't like the way they were playing. Um, you know, it, it just looked like, okay, you know what? Toronto is the, the, the talk of, of, of the North Division. And Montreal doesn't have a chance, but, um, you know, KK comes in, uh, Caulfield comes in, and it's like they bring some energy to the team, and things start changing, and then, you know, they get on an absolute roll. And on the other side, what an absolute choke job by Toronto. I, I'm shocked. I'm honestly still shocked. You watch Matthews and Marners and Toronto play during the year, you're like, okay, things are different this year. And to just – they're such elite players. To just fade away is just incredible to me. How much of it, Dale, was the um, – because it was interesting. I mean, I think Montreal and Winnipeg had pretty similar challenges going into these series. I mean, you needed to be far better defensively than maybe you were regularly in the regular season. You need to raise that level of game and embrace playoff hockey and first and foremost shut down the best players on the other team. And you, you know, by scoring, I think, had four of the top five, two on Edmonton and two on Montreal. <laughs> From a, from a Habs perspective, um, what did they do so well? Because, listen, we're going to talk about, you know, a quote-unquote no-show of Matthews and Marner, but the Habs had a big part in that as well. Tell us about the way that they were able to uh, limit those players um, the way they did through seven games. Yeah, I don't think Montreal's getting enough credit. Um, you know, people are all over Matthews and Marner and the offense of Toronto, and, and, and they're not giving Montreal enough credit. Carey Price was unbelievable early in this series. He made some really key saves on Marner and Matthews game one, game two, and then he kind of got in their head a little bit. You could see it. Um, you know, you look in game seven, Matthews got a chance in the slot. He rips it over the net. Not that it's a big deal, but he's such an elite shooter. You just don't see it happen very often, and, and you could see as the series wore on, and to me, I look at the game one thing where – Montreal's got some physical defense. Sherratt, Weber, Edmondson, Petrie's a big body. Like, you're paying the price in their, in their zone. You're going to get hit. You're going to get whacked in front of the net. And Matthews is smiling in game one. And then by game six and game seven, there was no smile anymore. He was not involved. He was not pushing back. And I think that's where Montreal really started to take over the series. Hey, shout out to Waverly West Wingman. Thanks for the super chat, Waverly West. Go Jets Go is right, fired up and ready to go. We really appreciate the support. Um, so let's talk about price for a minute, because I think maybe the best storyline of this series is this, this goaltending matchup between the defending Vesna trophy winner, uh, a guy that is still respected as maybe the best in the game by a large percentage of national hockey leaguers for what he's done over his career. And this could very well be an Olympic goaltending matchup. If you look ahead and think about the top goalies in Canada and the United States, but I mean, from a former teammate of Carey Price, a guy that's played in front of him, um, how much does he mean to the Montreal Canadiens? And what have you seen in playoff Price that maybe we didn't see in the regular season? 
Yeah, Carey Price is everything to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, he's such a huge leader in that locker room. You know, whether it was our playoff run in 2014, we go to the conference final, like he played out of his mind, but he had some big things to say at really key times throughout that run. And, um, you know, last year going into the bubble, again, he was lights out against Pittsburgh. And then you can see it again. He just gets to another level. And guys just know when when he's getting to that level in the playoffs, you just play with a little more swagger. You can take a little more chance. Uh, you don't got to be as airtight, and, and he's going to back you. So um, it's just another level. It, it's another level. And, and, you know, speaking about Hellebuck, I, I'm just really excited to see the matchup. I, again, another guy that I don't think gets enough credit. And, uh, you know, if he wants to be considered as, you know, the elite guy in the NHL, and I think he's right there, winning this series and outplaying Carey Price is going to go a long way for him. Yeah, and, and I have no doubt that he'll come in motivated with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, he didn't get nominated for the Vesna. Many people thought that he should have. But it, it's, me, it's, it's, it's me an, included. Me yeah. included for sure. <laughs> you know, it, and it's just an interesting comparison between the two because, you know, Hellebuck at times, you know, you win, he's so fired up. I mean, he's in, as intense as any player on the club. And I think it was Dave Poulin that mentioned yesterday that, you know, Carey Price wins a game and it looks like he was just out mowing his lawn. I mean, the guy is <laughs> about as as calm and, you know, he expects to be there. I, I don't think Carey Price at all is at all thinking about a matchup against another elite goaltender. He's thinking about winning games. But it's a, di- it's a different approach from both, but I think one that can be helpful to both of them. It's certainly got them this far already. Yeah, I thought it was interesting um, after game seven when, it, when I saw that, you know, the time runs out and he kind of just... It was like another season win, which, you know, he does show emotion at a lot of times. And a lot of times, um, you know, it's behind closed doors and people don't get a chance to see it. But uh, a very, very fiery competitor. And like you said, he's not a guy that that's going to look at this matchup and say, hey, it's me versus Connor Hellebuck. Just not the way he thinks. Um, and, And then on the other side, Hellebuck is a guy that I love seeing getting fired up. I love when he goes out to media after games. He's competitive. Um, I have so much respect as a player when I see a guy compete like that. Taylor Yule, thank you very much. He's in the Super Chat, too. Five bucks says, hi, Dale. You know, you have fans, even though you're coming into this program wearing that red hat today, Weezy. It is interesting, though, because this is literally the perfect setup, uh, perfect matchup, for uh, certainly for us to talk about. I mean, you played and followed the Habs all year. You're doing the work with Habs tonight. And uh, I know you paid close attention to your hometown team and what they've been able to do. Thoughts on the way the Jets turned around that miserable end of the season and pulled off four straight against Edmonton? Yeah, it's it's great for me as a fan um, because no matter who wins this series, I'm coming out happy. You know, like it's it's probably the first time I've ever said that. But uh, you know, Montreal wins, I'm happy. Winnipeg wins, I'm happy too. So it's uh, it's going to be great. But um, it's interesting because me as one, the way the Jets were playing um, down the stretch. Okay, they're missing a key guys. Lowry was out a little bit there, and Ehlers was out, and uh, th- those are two huge components of the lineup. But just the way they were playing to me. I don't know what it was. I understand it's a long season. Guys are tired, but I, I didn't like their game going into the playoffs. And then I watched game one and I'm like, okay, okay. This is the team I kind of figured they could be. Okay. Here's game two. Yeah, okay. And then game three, it's like, okay, here we go. Edmonton's coming back. And then it's just, to me, when I watch three and four, like it's just a team I wouldn't want to play. This is the team I expected Winnipeg to be, you know, they, they, they have high end talent and, and the difference, well, I think, you know, to jump ahead between Winnipeg and Toronto, which Montreal is going to have trouble with, is Winnipeg's top guys, 
don't back away from it. They push back. They're not afraid to be gritty. And you you won't bother them. You don't you're not gonna get in Shifley's head. You're not gonna bother Blake Wheeler. And and uh it's just it's gonna be a great matchup. And and Winnipeg's playing so good at the right time. Montreal's playing their best hockey of the year. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah, and, and uh, Dale Weiss with us here uh, from uh, Habs tonight, longtime NHLer. Um, we'll talk about what they're doing before the game coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, you know, we were just going through the lineups and, you know, very familiar with the Winnipeg Jets now back to full health. Ehlers and uh, Dubois get an extra week to kind of rest and get ready. I mean, they're set. But when you look at the Habs, you know, they're such a different team than Edmonton or Toronto in that they're not top heavy like those clubs are. I mean, they really don't have that super elite talent at center. But then you look at the depth of the position right down to Eric Stahl in the fourth line with Armia and Perry and realize that this is a much, much deeper team. And, you know, I, I would imagine I'll be interested in your thoughts on this, that this will be uh, at least early on in the series, depending on what happens, uh, a series where I think both coaches roll four lines, you know, outside of specialty teams. And there will be a plenty of opportunity for some of the unsung guys or guys in the bottom six to make an impact early. I don't think it'll hang as much on the top players, if you will, as you know, you would normally think of certainly going against an Edmonton or Toronto. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and, and if Montreal is going to win this series, they're going to need contributions from everybody. Like you said, they don't have any superstars. Um, Suzuki was great the last couple games. Again, KK really came in the lineup and, and, and added a jolt. Uh, mind you that I predicted that, but no big deal. <laughs> um, but but they need contributions from everybody. I, I really like the way they were rolling four lines. Um, Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, they, they were on the fourth line the whole series, but they had huge contributions. And you know inside that locker room that those guys carry so much weight. Stanley Cup champions, they've been around forever. Uh, Olympic gold, it's like, you know, it, their resume is incredible. So uh, it, it's an interesting lineup. And, and I'm interested to see what Montreal does because, you know, they've kept this lineup for a couple of games. They've got a couple of moving pieces on the back end. Uh, you know, barring some injuries, they got some guys that could switch out. I'm I'm interested to see how long the lineup stays for Montreal, to be honest with you. Well, and, and let's talk about that lineup because it was quite interesting <clears throat> and certainly a hot topic on your program and in Montreal about the lineup going into the series, which didn't have Kotkaniemi and didn't have Cole Caulfield. And, you know, sitting here today talking about this series, it's almost inconceivable that those guys weren't in the lineup. Um uh, put it this way, what did you hear, what were you hearing, what were you guys saying at the beginning, and how much credit does Dominic Ducharme have for the way he brought those guys into the lineup and then used them in the series to turn it around? Yeah, I mean, it kind of makes them look like a genius, the way they came in and, and, and really launched the team. Um, I understood the Caulfield one. He, you know, he played a couple games down the stretch, and and to me, he, he doesn't do enough uh, of, of the areas, you know, if he, you know, he doesn't score he doesn't do a lot of the other things yet. And for me, I was okay with him not playing, but um, KK was a guy last year that I watched. I mean, I was on the ice with him in the playoffs and he was one of the best forwards and he turned his game up and, and I saw it as a chance for him to reset as a young guy. Okay. I wasn't very good the last 20 games. Let me reset in the playoffs. Like I did last year, you know, they didn't give him that chance in game one. He came in after and, and proved people wrong. So I was kind of taken back by it. And, you know, on the back end, um, Romanov played all year as a really young guy that that played great. He, he played great. He was great down the stretch. And, you know, to, to, to not have him in the lineup, as the further the series went along, you couldn't bring him in. It, you would be throwing the kid into the fire. So I'm interested to see if he gets in the lineup. Um, Winnipeg's a little bigger. They're a little more physical, and, and he can really match up well there. Well, I got to ask you about Romanov, and there's been a couple of people in the chat that have been asking about him as well in that, 
I mean, I was really impressed with him in the regular season. I mean, I thought that they had, you know, a, a guy that they'd be leaning on. And if you had asked me a month ago, Dale, is Romanov, Romanov's going to either be playing in the top four or not in the lineup? I would have guessed that he would have been in the top four. So it was really surprising not to see him in the lineup. Um, and then again, you know, Ducharme really kind of rolling with those top two pairings. So even if, I mean, if they'd like to bring him in, they can kind of do it slowly. Um, but I guess there's a lot of challenges for a rookie defenseman, even one that played as well as he did during the regular season coming into Stanley Cup playoff hockey, which as we've found out in spades is uh, quite a bit different than the regular season version. Yeah, it's another level. Um, but but like you said, he played so well during the year. I, I absolutely saw him as a staple coming in the playoffs. It made no sense to me to not have him in the lineup. Um, you know, some of the guys that came in were playing three and five and seven minutes, and it's like you don't think he could have done that by gaining experience? This is a guy that's going to be in your lineup for the next 10 years. He's an absolute stud as a defenseman. He's physical. He moves up puck. He skates well. Uh, he has some swagger to him. You know, he doesn't care who you are. He's going to smash you. He does it in practice. He does in the games. Uh, I, I think he's great. So I'm interested to see if he can draw in and and, uh, and make an impact in the series. But, um, you know, you could see Ducharme leaning towards the veteran guys, having the stall in the lineup, um, you know, on the back end, having Merrill in early, and then Gustafson, a guy that has a little more experience than Romanov. Dale, um, Philip Deneau, a lot of people talked about Deneau and the role that he had in shutting down the uh, top guns on the Leafs, a clear ice time leader in the series. And he's not a guy you're going to see at the top of the scoring list all the time, but he does play a very important role. What did you see from Deneau in the series against the Leafs? And what do you expect his role is going to be um, when Dom Ducharme has the matchups that he wants? Yeah, I thought he was excellent. Um, a lot of what I saw him do to Crosby last year, he's just frustrating. He doesn't do a lot. Um, you know, to, to wow you, to flash you. He's not going to make these N10 offensive rushes, although he did do it against Winnipeg a couple years ago. But, you know, he, he's great on face-offs. He just does these little things that just piss you off if you're playing against him. Matthews, he's in your face all the time. But it also, it's him and Gallagher as a tandem, um, you know, for the better part of that series, Tatar. The three of them are, they didn't produce a lot of offense in the series, but they, they just, they generate shots. They make you play defense. They don't give you a lot, and it's just frustrating. And uh, and I, I see that a lot going forward. Um, you know, on the penalty kill also, Deneau is incredible on the faceoff dot. You win a faceoff, boom, you, you kill 15 seconds. Like, it just frustrates you as an offensive guy to have to deal with that every single night. Um, you know, Toffoli had such a monster season. Didn't have a huge, huge round number one. Um, listen, the, he was basically worth the money the minute he, for all intents and purposes, eliminated the Vancouver Canucks from the playoffs <laughs> in the first two weeks of the season, scoring two goals every time. But uh, his spot in the lineup and where's his game at? How important is getting him going for the Montreal Canadiens if they want to win four? Yeah, so he, he scored a big goal in game six at home, uh, and, and that was his best game in the series. Uh, he didn't have the, the greatest start to the series. Um he, he's a scorer. Tyler Toffoli has to score. He does a lot of other good things. He's a good two-way player. But in order for Montreal to be successful and for him to be at his best, he's got to score. And, um, you know, he, he gets a late one in six. I'm pretty sure he had the empty netter in seven. Um, you know, he, he's going to score some goals. I think he's going he's gonna to open up a little bit in this series. And, uh, you know, again, if, if Montreal is going to win, they do it by committee. But he's one of those main guys that has to score. Do you see an advantage on either side when it comes to special teams? Um, I love Montreal's penalty kill, uh, but I also love the Jets' power play. So it's going to be a great battle. I, I Montreal's power play wasn't great um, in the first round. It, it found some big goals in Game Six, which was huge. Um, you know, probably the turning point of that series. 
I don't know if that that you know launches their confidence coming into the next round and, and they can use that. They had a couple different looks. Uh, I think Caulfield adds a little bit of a different element, uh, you know, to the power play. Um, but again, I, I think both teams are so strong on the penalty kill, and and you know you, your best penalty kill is your goaltender. So both teams are, are set there. Well, and there's another guy that'll be uh, play a big, big role on the penalty kill. He'll probably play a big role pretty much 30 minutes a night, and that is Shea Weber. Um, where's Shea at right now? And, and just, you know, for folks that are here right now, tell us about playing with him as a teammate and just what a horse he is for the Habs. Yeah, he's an absolute animal. Um, you know, he, he, I think he was injured down the stretch a little bit. They were trying to limit his minutes. Uh, but he looked pretty good to me in the first round. He looked like playoff Shea Weber. Every time you go near him, you're getting a whack. Uh, you, you know, you're getting a cross check in front of the net. He's swallowing you in the corner. Um, that that he just brings such an element. He's one of those guys. You know, I, I didn't play with Stall and Perry, but I would assume it's similar. When he just walks in the room, they just have a presence to him. And and when they speak and and when they talk about the confidence that they have in the team, it just it, it just it just builds you up. It builds up your room and. Um, you know, the guy's an absolute warrior. Uh, again, I'd love to see him get a couple on the power play. He didn't get a lot of looks in Toronto, but I'd love to see him get a couple against Winnipeg. Well, it's pretty interesting to see um, him plan all these minutes with former Jet Ben Sherratt on the other side. You know, it was interesting. I saw Bieksa on the broadcast, I want to say in Game 7, just gushing over Sherratt and, <laughs> you know, talking about all the little things that he was doing, boxing in and out. You need guys that do that, and it seems like that money they spent on Ben Sherratt has been well, well worth it. Um, you know, we talk and focus on Weber so much, but Ben Sherratt probably deserves quite a bit of credit for what he's doing on the blue line. He's been incredible from the day Montreal got him. Um, what an absolute brilliant pickup for Montreal. Um, you know, when you watched Winnipeg's playoff run, uh, you know, what it was a three years ago, um, you look at those D guys and Ben Sherratt was one of those guys that kind of people were like, okay, you know, he's a third pairing guy in Winnipeg. That's kind of all, you know, all he can be. And then he's come to Montreal and he's flourished. He's got this confidence from the coaching staff and, and confidence in himself. And he's just been incredible. And, and he's one of those guys, again, that Winnipeg's going to find out very quickly that, that, you know, it's hard to play against these guys. You do not want to be in the corners. You don't want to be in front of the net with these guys, him, Weber, Edmondson. Like it's, it's, you know, you're getting whacked every single time in a long series that wears you down. So, Dale, um, put on your coaching hat for a minute. You're Dom Ducharme. You're going into this series. You're on the road in the first two games, and you're coming off a real tough series. First things first, you want to get your team ready to play and put their best foot forward. But when you look at the Winnipeg Jets, without last change, what are the biggest challenges from a coaching perspective that the Habs will be dealing with games one and two here in the peg? Yeah. Um, you know what? I, I'm interested to see who they match the Lowry lineup. First of all, I, I'm interested to see who he's going to play against. Um, like he said, when you look at Montreal, it's really hard to say it's one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think when you look at Winnipeg, it's pretty established. I can look and say, okay, one, one, a, and then three, four is, 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 is the way I look at the Winnipeg Jets. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting. And, and you know what, for me, a guy that I think has to, has to bring his physical game, that's going to play, you know, hopefully bring some fits to, to Winnipeg is, is Josh Anderson. He's a guy that was unbelievable in game one of the series in Montreal. And, uh, and, and, you know, I, he was great in game seven, but I, I, I just don't think he did enough from two to six. And I think he's a guy that's going to have some matchup issues in Winnipeg because he's a big body. He's got a ton of speed and, uh, and, and I think he can capitalize on Winnipeg's defense. 
uh, if we boil it down to one or two things, what are the uh, the most important factors in your mind that will determine who advances to the final four, Dale? Yeah, that's great. Um, obviously, I think it starts in net. Um, not that those are concerns, but those are going to be the biggest differences. Uh, both goaltenders on each side are going to be huge. Um, and, and to me, the biggest issue I have with Montreal in this series, again, that, that, that I was – you know, they found a way against Toronto, but I don't know if it's going to be that way against Winnipeg because they got to score goals. And uh, I think it's going to be an issue. Not, not that Campbell didn't play well enough for Toronto, but Hellebuck's just an, he's another animal. He, he's he's a, a carbon copy of, of Carey Price and the other Nets. And uh, I, I just think Winnipeg's such a strong team. It's a different animal compared to Toronto. Hey, uh, uh, you know, it's, we're going to focus on this series for the next two weeks, but I would re- be remiss if I didn't ask you about the team that will be most likely awaiting the winner of this series. Um, can anybody beat the Colorado Avalanche? What have you thought about the way that team looks so far and the way they started against Vegas? Uh, yeah, I I watched them in the first round and I thought, holy smokes, if this team can stay healthy through this whole run, I don't think anybody can touch them. Like St. Louis is not a bad team and they absolutely massacred them. That series wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. Every single game was not, it was not close. And then you come out and you you put seven spot up on Vegas, who is an incredible team also. And uh, you, you know you're, they're just sending a message and very similar to what I thought they could do last year. I, I'm interested again if they could stay healthy. Um, and then I, I I love Tampa's game right now too. I, I'm a really big Tampa Bay Lightning fan. Yeah, you know they. Um... I, I thought that this would, might be the year that Carolina could do it. But, you know, it's so funny. You see a team, and, you know, maybe we'll be talking about this, about the Leafs in a few years, after failure, after failure, after failure, albeit the Leafs always in the first round. Tampa got close, got close, and weren't able to do it. Once you actually win, Dale, it gives, it's a whole different aura around a team. And I think we saw that on Tampa throughout the regular season, knowing that, Listen, we'll be there at the end. Well, we're not first place, not a big deal, um, but we'll be ready to go. And of course, getting a guy like Kucherov back certainly helps. But uh, you know, it, it just—it seems like a team once they get over the hump, um, the mindset is completely different, and they have not had a hard time at all raising their level in two very, very difficult matchups in the first two rounds. Oh, I agree. Um, their, their team again is so deep, and their their offense is incredible, and. For me, those guys, when they weren't winning those years, their top guys were still carrying them, as opposed to when I make the comparison to Montreal, uh, sorry, Toronto, I, I, I just didn't see a lot of pushback from their top guys. It's frustrating uh, as a guy to watch because they have so much talent and, and they play with so much swagger during the year. And, uh, you know, just to watch the way they went out, it's incredible. I don't know if Toronto's going to get enough reins to stay together five, six years to, to try to get over the hump. I just don't think uh, in that city, in that market, that, that the leash is long enough. You know what the funny thing about the Leafs is? Not to spend too much time on a team that's out and irrelevant until next season, <laughs> but... Um, you know, like there'll be people that will say, oh, break up the core. You got to switch things up. I mean, that's easier said than done when you have three guys making $11 million. I mean, William Nylander, you want to move him? Absolutely. You'll have some takers for that. And listen, Austin Matthews as well, but you can't really do that. Tavares at $11 million at his age. I don't think that contract's movable, not to mention he's got a full no move. And then Mitch Marner. And I mean, Marner is an incredible, incredible player. But considering what we've seen in the postseason and the fact that he's at over $11 million. And then there's that other kind of significant stat that Carey Price having one 
the first round is the first player ever in the cap era making over $10 million to win a round at any point, Dale. It goes to tell you, like, Stanley Cups are won with deep, balanced teams, not just a couple superstars. Absolutely. That was a great stat when I saw that. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't look too much into it, but it, it's just very, very interesting. But when you look at it, you look at Edmonton and you have, yeah, okay, you have, you know, two of the top scorers, Toronto, very similar. But you just, you need so much more in the playoffs when your two guys cannot score. I mean, Edmonton and Toronto are perfect examples. You need other guys to step up. And when you have so much money invested on those, you don't have very good three, four million dollar third, fourth line guys. You just don't have them. And, uh, and it's unfortunate. And then, you know, maybe that stat will change the way guys think going forward. Super chat, MBHA ball hockey. Thank you very much for the support. Great to see you back here getting ready for game one between the Habs and Leafs tonight. Uh, so, speaking of tonight, you and the Habs tonight gang uh, are all fired up for the series. Uh, fill people in on what you guys have coming up for, uh, well, for the entire next couple of weeks as the Jets and the Habs go at it. Yeah, so we'd love to get some Winnipeg fans coming on. Uh, we do a lot of live shows. Uh, tonight, I'll be on the live show with my brother and uh, Brandon, another guy on my team. And, of course, you're going to co- come on and join us today, which we're really excited about. And, uh, yeah, so we do we do a live free game. Uh, we have a live post game. People can come on. Uh, you know, they can chat. You come on the video chat with us. Uh, you know, you send an email and you're in. It's, it's very, very quickly. Um, and then, you know, I'm thinking about doing a couple Instagram lives between periods and uh, try to chirp some Jets fans and just have some fun with it. So uh, Habs Tonight is the YouTube channel. People can uh, get to that. Essentially, just you know, many of you watching on YouTube right now, put in Habs Tonight. Uh, what about the social media? Where can they find you on Instagram and the other spot? Yeah, we're Habs Tonight on every social media platform. We're absolutely everywhere. Anywhere you look, you'll you'll see uh, you'll see Habs Tonight. Where I, I would love to get some Winnipeg people chirping us on Instagram. Let's get it going a little bit. Let's go. I'm running in with the boys around 5:30 or 5:45 today. So come and support. Remus has the link for the YouTube channel in the chat. If you're with us live, just click on that. Give him a sub. We'll see you there a little later on. Beautiful. Jet Oil Tom in the super chat. Thanks, Jet Oil. Love hearing Dale, but he needs a Jets hat. We'll have one for him in a couple weeks. A couple weeks, ready to go when it's when it's all said and done. Hey, uh, fair enough. Hey, quickly, did I see you? you inked a deal for next year? Yeah, I'm heading to Sweden. Oscar Scham. Nice. How did it come about? Uh, excited to go uh, see what uh, the European lifestyle is like? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I, I just have so much fire left to play. Uh, watching these playoffs has fired me up, too. I'm, I'm so excited, so... Uh, yeah, I, I've been talking to teams for the last couple months and, uh, you know, this situation was kind of the best for me. I talked to the GM and the coach who were all kind of on the same page. So I leave end of July. So I'm pretty excited. Now, uh, is Lauren and team Weiss coming over to Sweden? That's a pretty big crew to take overseas. Uh, you guys know, like have a lot on your hands at the homestead right now. Oh yeah. So we, uh, I'm going to go over first and kind of get things set up. And then, um, I think the whole crew is going to come over maybe, you know, once I'm there after a month or two, they'll come stay for the rest of the year. Or we'll see how it works. We'll kind of play it by ear. Like you said, we got a big crew and uh, and it might not be the best situation to have everybody over there. <laughs> well, listen, congratulations on that. Looking forward to catching up tonight on Habs tonight. And yes, for everyone that came in late that was asking about the kicks in the background, those are Dale's playoff shoes. Tune yep. in tonight on Habs tonight to check out. I'm sure he's got a great game one outfit ready to go. Hey, dude, say hi to Lauren and the kids. Thanks so much for doing this, and uh, we'll catch up a little later on today. Will do. Thank you very much. Appreciate it.
There he is, the man, Dale Weiss. Give him a follow on Twitter and Instagram and uh, check out the work that he's doing with the boys following the Montreal Canadiens on Habs tonight. And as I said, I'll jump in with the guys for a few minutes, uh, 5.30, 5.45-ish before puck drop tonight. So very much looking forward to that. All right, Scott Billett coming up in just a few minutes. Do you want to thank our good friends at Not Autocorp for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily right from day one. Uh, Not Autocorp's at Waverly and McGilvery, buying and selling all makes and models, including uh, maybe the best selection of Tesla vehicles in the city. They've been a Tesla leader for over seven years, and it's much more than just vehicles. Uh, Full service, body shop, detailing center, Red Seal technicians, they can take care of everything for you at Not Autocorp. And of course, if you're thinking about getting out of a vehicle, they'll help you consign your vehicle with their consignment program and get maximum value for it. Not Autocorp, Waverly and McGilvery. Check them out online at not.ca. And the countdown continues to puck drop tonight, folks. You still have time to get the whites on. And if you're looking for whiteout gear, Winnipeg Jets merchandise, maybe a New Jersey, a car flag, Royal Sports at 650 Rally EK and 750 Pemina Highway is the place to go. As you can see on the screen right now, white shirts of the players, bring it home, whiteouts, and then all the white jerseys, white hats ready for you right now. We've also got Winnipeg Jet Yeti mugs. And in addition, while you're there, you can check out all of the offerings they have from European soccer, NFL, baseball, and then the actual equipment to get outside. Disc golf, bikes, tennis, soccer, baseball. You know what? They've got it all. Royal Sports 750 Pemina Highway. Thanks to them for their support of the show. And, of course, Boston Pizza. We finally have a Jets game night tonight. I'm not sure whether you want to go with the game day meal, the spicy pierogi pizza, the meteor pizza, and the 24 case of wings, or the pizza flights, uh, which are on sale right now for $18.99. But you can do it, takeout or delivery. And in not too long, we'll be back in the BP Lounge watching the Jets, sipping schooners, and getting the Winnipeg Sports Talk gang together. Thanks again to Boston Pizza for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. All right, Scott Bill is going to join us in a few minutes. Let's get Michael Remus back in here for, for a moment. You know, um, Dale is quickly turning into uh, Remus, one of the uh, great guests on the program. Um, and he's a guy you can chop it up and talk about pretty much anything with. But what a perfect opportunity to have Wheezy in here before his old team and his hometown team go head to head. And the fact that he's been covering the Habs so closely with Habs tonight all year just made it that much better. Yeah, he's, you know, he's got firsthand experience, you know, covering them this year as media and as well playing with them. And, you know, hearing him talk about uh, Carey Price, Phil Deneau, uh, that additional insight that, you, you know, you don't get all the time. So great hearing from Dale. Uh, his second time on the program. Love hearing from him. And uh, nice to hear that he's going to be playing pro in Sweden next year. So, um, you know, really nice of him to spend some time with us. And you'll be on his channel, Habs, tonight. And I posted the link in the chat earlier. It is in the description of this video, too. You can just click on that and uh, throw them a sub as well. Yeah, pop in when I'm on, folks, and do a little representing. You can pump your chests out with all the confidence that Jets have fans have going into this series. Although, 
you know, as much as, you know, I think, you know, most fans are a heck of a lot more confident going into this series than they were against the Edmonton Oilers, Ream. Um, you look at the numbers, you see what Montreal has done and the way they did it. And I think it's pretty safe to say that this is this won't be easy for either team. I expect a very close, tightly fought series. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll have a few more overtime heroes because both the Habs and Jets produced multiple ones of those in the first round. Yeah, I, you know, I see a lot of people in chat saying, you know, the Jets are going to run over the Habs, and the Habs fans are now coming in chat and saying, oh, the Jets are, are going down. I do enjoy that friendly banter, but as much as you think your team is going to destroy, I, I do think it's going to be a close series. And I said earlier on this show that I do think fatigue will also be a factor for Montreal. I think you can't overlook it. You're seeing it in the... Uh, the NBA this this season. Are you looking at the chat there? Sorry. The NBA this season. And just look at the Habs schedule. That's tough. I think uh, rest is a premium this year, all year. I mean, they're playing every second night. You've had some teams with the ridiculous, and I don't think you can overlook that. So uh, I am looking forward to finally game one. That would be nice for some overtime heroes, some great goal calls. Also great for... Um, you know, Winnipeg Sports Talk, social media, tweeting out all that stuff after, you know, <laughs> lots of excitement. So selfishly, yeah, I love another Jets overtime win. Yeah, it certainly would. It, well, listen, wins are wins. You want to get four of them before the other team does. And I think anyone would just sign up knowing that. But it's going to be tough. And, you know, I know a lot of people going into Game 7 were really hoping for the Habs because they thought that would be an easier matchup, if you will. I don't know about that. I mean, I think they won that series for a reason. Part of it, the Toronto Maple Leafs weren't up to the challenge to actually finish the job. But the other part of it is, and listen, I, I think Maurice certainly has a big edge on the coaching side of things when it comes to the huge amount of experience he has compared to what Dom Ducharme has. But at the same time, Remus, when you look at, and we talked about this with Dale, when you look at the roster of the Montreal Canadiens with Carey Price, with Shea Weber, with veterans like Eric Stahl and Corey Perry added to the mix, um, this is a team that has a ton of veteran leadership, guys that have been there before, that have done it before. And I mean, to me, that sort of really is the backbone of the club. And, you know, we've seen some of the young players buy in and uh, follow the leaders, as it were. Yeah, one thing that I think surprised everyone who was watching the Jets all year is how different they looked against Edmonton. And we talked with JP Vijay, and he just, you know, went to great description how their forecheck strategy changed and you know the playoff hockey started they seemed you know we talked earlier can the Jets flip a switch after you know this losing streak and turn on for the playoffs well I they definitely did and they definitely brought that intensity and you know after this layoff they're going to have to restart again and um, we'll see you know what kind of strategies they use and shutting down Montreal it's not like they're a two superstar team like Edmonton is but they're more balanced with uh, throughout the lineup so uh, again I think the Jets you know they have the depth they're strong down the middle. We talked yesterday with Nick Kiprios about that, how, you know, effective Lowry, um, Shifley, and whether it's Stasny or Dubois, you know, Stasny had the maintenance day yesterday. Obviously, he's fine. Maurice was asked today about the lineup. Uh, they're just rocking the same thing they've done throughout the playoffs, no changes. So uh, yeah, I think you do have to like uh, the Jets' chances uh, heading in. Well, it's, uh, I mean, we got the best goaltending matchup you could possibly imagine. Um, we've got two teams that came off of big, big upsets as massive underdogs and probably got some broadcasters that are angry about it, but I'll tell you that there's yeah. fans in Winnipeg and the Habs okay. fans everywhere fired up for their club. I saw some people tweeting out like their picks for this series and every, it was like the Sportsnet picks or the ESPN picks, I forget which one, but every single broadcaster of this group 
had picked the Jets, and I was like, oh, I don't. I started to feel nervous <laughs> after that. Oh, you know, listen, you saw I happened. saw the same yeah. thing. You know, it was the ESPN list, and every single one except for Bucci Gross, Bucci Main picked yeah. Habs and seven, and I'm like, thank God he did. But uh, I also said that scares the bejesus out of me because we all know what happens when everyone picks one team. The other team inevitably wins. Exhibit A, Winnipeg over Edmonton. Exhibit B, Montreal over Toronto. And here we have the uh, the Jets and the Habs. So, uh, yeah, we do see, hey, Michelle X. What up, Michelle? I see some Habs fans coming into the chat. Great to have you all. And um, listen, we're all going to have some fun tonight. And for those of you that want to jump into Habs tonight later on, um, you know, let's just do it. Uh, have fun, but be respectful of everyone. we got two great fan bases going into this series as much as we may annoy each other when uh, there's actually fans in the building. Um, all right, we, uh, I'll, let's crack a little brown jug after we talk with Scott Billick of the Winnipeg Sun, who is going to join us right about now. Scotty, um, what's going on? The wait is over. We finally got a hockey game, a real live hockey game tonight, but I don't think there was a lot of people a week ago that thought that this series was going to be starting in Winnipeg in the middle of the hottest week in about a year. Yeah, it's going good, Cus. You guys are doing well. Um, yeah, it, you know, it's kind of, it's strange, right? I mean, it, it, nobody expected this. Um, and yet, you know, based on the, the both series, well, at least the Jets series, I mean, after it, it was like, okay, well, the Jets swept went up, or swept Edmonton. And, and so, you know, that one was like, okay, well, I mean, the Jets are, are there. You know, the, the big one was, you know, the Leafs again, uh, you know, kind of choke in the playoffs, uh, choke in the first round. You know, don't don't figure out a way to close out a series when up three one, and and you know that that's happened before in, in their history. We can go back to Boston a few years ago uh, for another example of uh, of that. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting, right? I mean, it, you know, nobody expects it, but this is you know the, the, this is the greatest thing about sports, right? I mean, other than like you know pro wrestling and stuff like that, where it's kind of um, you know it's scripted, uh, but you know whoa, 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 what. Every, <laughs> I knew you wouldn't like that. Um, but, but here's the thing, right? Like, you know, it, it, pro sports is like, you, it, I've heard people complain about this matchup saying, oh, it's going to be boring or whatever. Well, whatever, because it doesn't have McDavid and, and Matthews. Sure. But, you know, here's the thing. McDavid and Matthews didn't really show up in each of their series, right? So, I mean, they did a little bit <clears throat> here and there and that sort of thing. But yeah, McDavid like, a lot more than Matthews, I'll say sure, that. Sure, <laughs> but, but I mean, here's you know that's the thing, right? You don't expect it to be a, a, as good of a series if it was these two titans going after each other in the hockey world. But who cares? I mean, you have two teams here, one coming off a very convincing win, at least in terms of you know the the sweep, and another team in Montreal who went came from three one down to beat a Leafs team that was supposed to walk all over them. I mean, uh, th those are good storylines. And like you said, when I was sitting in, in the back room here, um, you know, you have now this goaltending matchup between Carey Price, who's um, been one of the best goaltenders, you know, since he came into the league in 28 or 2008. And, and then, and then against Connor Hellebuck, the reigning Vezina winner who, you know, put his stamp on that first round series with a 950 save percentage. So, I mean, I, you know, people can complain about it. I, I know some of this probably doesn't come from these two markets in terms of that media, but I, I get let you know, I get it's not the, 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 the sexy matchup for the second round, but at the same time, I mean, this is, it's a good matchup. This, you know, the Jets suffered their worst defeat of the season on the scoreboard against the Canadians. 
They also went 6-3-0 and three and o against the Canadians during the regular season. Three of those wins came in overtime. We know it took the Jets, you know, two overtimes to win games in, in the first round. So I think there's a lot of storylines here. I think people need to, you know, just enjoy what this is. I mean, this is sports, right? I mean, if you watch anything else, upsets happen all the time. This one, we found two upsets. And, and obviously, you know, we now have a second round series that, that nobody expected. Well, I, I do remember going into the Edmonton series on the program and said, uh, well, hey, folks, just remember, this is why they play the games. I mean, yeah. you, you don't just get acclaimed on a great regular season. You have to do it. And the one thing I think that these two teams have been such a great example of, Scott, is is how you need to prepare and adjust yourselves for playoff hockey because yeah. it's different. And I think it's very easy to say, the Jets certainly did a better job of that in the Edmonton series for the way they completely transformed the way they looked in the last month of the season to the way they looked in those four games going up against the Oilers. And I mean, I got to give Montreal very similar credit. I mean, I'm not sure how different it was from the way they played at their best, but they weren't at their best during that stretch. I mean, they moonwalked into the playoffs sort of like the Winnipeg Jets did, but yeah. the way they were able to you know, challenge those top players and, you know, play defensively was the core of both of the wins of these two teams that brought them here to tonight's game one. Yeah, and I think that's exactly right. I mean, you saw an Edmonton team and a Toronto team try to win playoff hockey series, uh, a playoff hockey series the way that they played during the regular season, right? It was full frontal offense, um, and they didn't weren't able to adapt to the way that the Jets and the Canadians, respectively, adapted to a certain brand of hockey to beat those teams, right? At the end of the day, I think Ducharme and Paul Maurice both, you know, they, they sort of outcoached uh, Dave Tippett and, and and Sheldon Keefe. I mean, you know, you can look at the analytics and I get it. Like, I mean, the analytics don't, don't look good for either team that's in this second round. But seven-game series and even a four-game series like Jets were, it, you know, the analytics become less and less um, important because the sample size is so small. And, and the other thing you have to understand here, too, is that, you know, you, you can't discount the fact that both of these teams just had fantastic goaltending. I mean, Carey Price came to this series. I was trying to look into the playoffs. He was like a 906 or a 903 or something like that in the regular season. Like, he wasn't a great regular season goaltender. But then he turns in a 932 in, in the first round series against, you know, the you know the best offensive team. Well, maybe second best. It depends on how you look at it. Um, but you know, one of the best you know offensive teams in the league, and and one and certainly one of the best in the North. Hey, let um, me offer this. Up. Let me offer this up just while you mention that on Price, because I think yeah. we can say the same thing for Hellebuck. I mean, both of those oh. goaltenders came out of the first round with brilliant individual numbers. Yeah, but I, I think that a big part of that is the way their teams embraced playoff hockey and played in front of them that allowed them. I mean, we yeah. went over it. And I know people said, "Oh, Hellebuck stole the series." Well, did he really? I mean, they did such a good job of controlling those shots in the slot, the cross passes, and Montreal did as well. I mean, I don't think the Leafs had a high-danger scoring chance in the first 40 minutes of Game (laughs) 7. I mean, listen, Carey Price made the saves that he had to, but it was a credit to the teams in front of these goaltenders that they really didn't need to be out of this world brilliant. They just needed to stop the pucks that were coming at them, and they were more than capable of doing that. Yeah, 100% agree. I mean, you know, that is part of it. I mean, the Jets managed to keep McDavid and Dreisaitl off the score sheet for two games, right? So, I mean, and that helped the Jets win those first two games. I don't think we can discount Hellebuck or Price in this. I'm not suggesting that you are, obviously. 
Um, I, I'm just, you know, I, I think that they both played incredible series. I mean, Hellebuck is second in the NHL right now in goal save above expected. So if you want to look at some of the analytics on this, well, Hellebuck is where he was for the majority of their season, right near the top in that in that in that category. He's still in the top three in the regular season. He's top two right now next to Vasilevsky. And Carey Price is up there too. Um, so, you know, and, and and I think the other thing that you can say about the Jets is that, you know, eventually, you know, their top line guys started to show up and they, you know, so it was a little slow at the gate and then it kind of ramped up. You know, the Toronto couldn't say that, right? And and while, and while Edmonton was able to do that in the, in the final two games, I mean, the Jets had obviously had that heroic comeback in game three. And then game four, I mean, the Jets just looked like they were the better team. I and mean, it was a back-to-back, obviously. Um, can have another one of those, uh, you know, coming up in, in, in this series. But yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't, I just like, you know, the, the format is, and people complain about it, and, and some of the best teams are out, and some of the best teams, you know, this is sports, and, and this is how it goes. I mean, if you watch the UFC, if you watch whatever, you see people losing all the time that should always win. I mean, I mean, that's just the way it is. I mean, I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of sick of that. That whole argument. There's no guarantee. People. There's no guarantees. There's no guarantees. And I mean, there's exactly. you, like you have to win your games. Mm. You don't, you know, get a bye yeah. to the final four because you had a great regular season. Well, and, yeah. And look at Tampa a couple of years ago, right? 62 wins and they're swept in the first round. I mean, perfect example of the best regular season team in a long time, almost two decades or over that, I guess it was two decades. And they're out in the first round. Again, it, it's all about how you play in the first round. Obviously, some of that translates from the regular season, but I would say, suggest that a lot of Winnipeg's game in the first round was nothing like we saw in the final like twelve or so games oh, it, of the it, regular season. Oh, right? Listen, it, I, I would say it wasn't almost like any of the fifty-six. I mean, even when they were winning beforehand, yeah. they weren't winning like that. And, and I guess the reason why I bring that up, the way these teams played in front of their goaltenders, is that as brilliant as the goalies are, if one team continues to do that and the other doesn't. Um, you know that that there's going to be a huge advantage to the goaltender whose team takes care of business the way they did in round number one. Yeah. Um, a big part of what the Jets did in round number one as well, right out of the opening faceoff in game number one, was be far more physical than they've been before. How much how much physicality do you think we will see in tonight's game one? And will that be something the Jets maybe lean on even more? because of the fact that the Habs have been playing right up until Monday night yeah. and they've been kicking back, chilling for the last nine days after sweeping Edmonton. Yeah, I, I think you're going to see murder in the eyes of Adam Lowry and even like a guy like Logan Stanley, right? Like, especially tonight. I think, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that, you know, while hitting doesn't always show up on a lot of things, it, it, it does take the, sa- the wind out of the sails for teams. Um, I thought you saw that in game one of the Jets series. And, and, and you know, it's just, it, it, it's another thing that people have to think about, right? And it's taxing. I mean, if whoever's played, you know, full contact hockey before, whether, whatever, I mean, if you played a bigger team, I remember playing teams from like Boys of Ain. These were old farm kids. They were massive and they crushed us. And it just sucks the, the life out of you. Like, you know, like that's just the way it was, right? And, and so I remember that. And, and so you, you remember those types of things going forward and you saw how the Jets were able to do it. And I think you've also seen how Montreal was able to do it against Toronto, right? And so here's two teams that are physical. I mean, Josh Anderson's a big boy, Ben Sherratt, Shea Weber. I mean, there are some big guys on, on Montreal that can throw their weight around too. So, but I, I you know, I, 
uh, the one thing that it came this year, as soon as Montreal won, or as soon as it, really as soon as it went to kind of game seven, um, you know, I kind of thought, well, here's the Jets. They're, they, they're sitting on, you know, it eventually is, I think it's nine days of rest at this yeah. point. You know, they practice and all that, but they haven't played a game in nine days. The Canadians are now coming into it. One day, their off day was a travel day. They had to, you know, obviously you have the, that emotion and, and you run through that and then you come, you know, on the travel day, you kind of get the rest you have. Now you have to play four games in six nights starting tonight. I think the Jets have a, a good opportunity here and, and, and you know, they, they can also rely on what they know from actually having kind of the reverse happen to them in the 2018 Western Conference Final where, you know, I, I think, yeah, you, you can you, you can watch Montreal play an emotionally charged game tonight or you can try and suck that out of them right away by just getting on the body, right? These guys, you, you, emotions are only going to take you so far, but if physically you just can't do it, because you're getting plastered against the boards every time or whatever it is. You know, I, I think that's very important for the Jets, especially in this series and especially in the first four games, because there's just a lot of hockey that the Canadians now have to play after playing such a, you know, it, it was a grueling series against Toronto. I mean, I'm not, you know, game seven was kind of a no-show for the Leafs, uh, granted. But at the same time, I mean, you know, there was times where the Canadians looked, you know, a little... Fatigue, I suppose, is, is the right word. I mean, so, hey, overtime and I mean, they had exactly. their backs against the wall. They were one goal yeah. away from uh, losing in Game Five and Game Six, and they got here. Yeah. And to be honest, Scott, that's sort of why I think of this game and even this first period is so important from yeah. a Winnipeg side of things. Listen, if Montreal comes out and don't have a game, uh, you know, don't have a great game tonight, and you know, end up losing, whatever the score is, I think they go, they get some rest, they come back in Game Two, and they. You know, they can totally live with that. If the Jets come out flat, you know, we always talk about the rest versus rust and, yeah. and don't have a strong start. And, you know, and if they were to not win this game, I think you look at it as a big, big missed opportunity. Now, does yeah. one game mean the series is done? Absolutely not. But, um, you know, you just want to look at the numbers. I mean, winning the first game will win you a lot more series than losing that first game does. And then when you put into the variables of both of these teams going into tonight, I just think that it's, it's um, you know, the Jets will need to come out and play with the urgency and desperation they did in those four games against Edmonton because there is a big opportunity to get up on a team and then see what you can do going forward after you get one in the bank. Yeah, I agree. And I, you know, I think the Jets have to take that same mentality, you know, because they did have a bit of a break between the end of their regular season and playing their first game. And they are still able to come out with that intensity. Um, you know, let's not forget too, there's going to be 500 people in the crowd tonight, you know, cheering them on. I, I think that provides a bit of a boost. I think that's going to provide a little of a boost for a lot of people, um, you know, just to see people back in the stands. Right. And now you're going to have, you know, I'm sure it's going to sound loud, even though it's only limited to 500 people because they're going to have to spread them out. It's going to kind of be a, you know, a little encapsulating inside there. Um, it's not a big barn to begin with, and, and the noise is 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 well contained in there. And we've we've all seen that before during during game done. So I think there's that. I mean, I think there's you know there's obviously the 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 the, the pressure of of coming out in game one, winning that, winning it on home ice, and all of that sort of thing. I, I think there is going to be a bit of inspiration to see some of these healthcare workers who've are, are the you know the people that have really busted their ass I hopefully I can say that on your show you know people that have really busted their ass over over you know the the last you know 15 months um you know these are the heroes that we have in this province they are the ones and obviously for a lot of fans of the Jets those are their heroes at least in the sporting world 
I think the Jets can borrow some of you know that um, you know that intensity, whatever it is tonight, and 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 work it to their credit. We all know in playoff games the Jets have leaned a lot on crowds in the past. If you you can go back to Game Three against the Nashville Predators here, um, and, and that incredible comeback that they had uh, a few years ago, and how loud that building was. Um, it's not going to be that loud. There's still missing about fifteen thousand people in there. Um, but yeah, I, I think tonight is the opportunity the Jets need to win this game. It's not the end of the world because we saw that against Vegas in the Western Conference Final. But at the same time, I just think it's important that the Jets, you know, come out and play that same game, like yeah, you said. Big opportunity. You know, it's, it's a big opportunity grinding. for them. I mean, you yeah. you got it. You I mean you need to take advantage of um, you know the situation, and I think there's it's yeah. far more important for the Jets to win this game than it is for Montreal. Uh, because I said, there's sort of, you don't want to say that as that built-in excuse, but it takes four to win. And I don't think Montreal don't will keep feel your, defeated at all yeah. if they lose this one game tonight, considering the situation they're in coming yeah. into this. And you don't want to keep their momentum going, right? I mean, they're still just, you know, 48 hours removed from winning game seven and having all that. You need to kind of take that from them, right? <laughs> hey, you got to take that momentum. Bill, just you mentioned the healthcare workers and the fans. This is just a quick non-hockey uh, uh, take, but... Um, if we ever needed to yeah. learn how people have turned into literally professional complainers online during <laughs> all of this that we've been through, the fact that some people are bitching about 500 healthcare workers is almost inconceivable to me. And yet there they were. And some of the real professional complainers were proactively complaining about something before it was even announced and they didn't even know what they were complaining about. Yeah, I mean... You know, I, I get it. it. It's a touchy subject because you know, the messaging from the province hasn't been great during this pandemic in terms of public health orders, right? And so now you're seeing. But here's what the thing: what does that have to do with anything? I, I, again, I think that's the problem, right? Like, I think there's two separate things here that get intertwined, and, and it becomes a bigger issue than it is. I, I think 500 fully vaccinated healthcare workers who have busted their ass for the last 15 months, risking their own lives to it should, help it save should ours. 15,000 doubly well, vaccinated healthcare you know, workers. I mean, like. you know, it, 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 it's, it, it's, it's just such a, it's, it's a touchy subject, right? We're all been through this for 15 months. It's been hell on earth for a lot of people. It sucked. You have to stay home. You don't get to see people. I mean, everybody just wants the, the same thing, right? Everybody just wants this to go away. Um, and I think there's just, you know, it eventually turns to a bit of jealousy. I, I think there's also part of it too, where it's, you know, again, I think it does tie into some of the messaging from the province that hasn't been consistent over time. There's just a lot of things that go into it. I, I, I tweeted out last night, I, I, you know, you can blame the province for all that stuff, but don't blame the healthcare workers, right? Don't, don't make no. this, them feel guilty about being allowed in. It's outrageous. It is outrageous. Yeah, I mean, and- that's, as that's, I said, I don't want to get I mean. into into no, all of this, but I just wanted to bring that up yeah. and that, like, come on, everyone. If you're one of these people that's, like, yeah. bent out of shape about this, like, folks, learn to pick your battles. I mean, yeah, it, there's some that are worth one. it. This ain't it. This yeah. ain't it. Um, back to the game tonight, though, uh, Scott. Um, who do you think, you know, as far as, you know, we focus on Connor Hellebuck and Josh Morrissey in the top line of the Winnipeg Jets. Is there yeah. a player or two that might be uh, a more unsung Winnipeg Jet that you think not only will but needs to have a big series and a big start tonight? 
Well, I mean, the easy one would be Pierre-Luc Dubois, but we also know that the Jets can win without him being at his top level. Um, I, I do think that eventually he's going to have to figure it out. Here's the team that he can do it against. Essentially a hometown team, right? Um, you know, this guy's from Quebec. You know, m- m- maybe maybe that this is the series where he kind of sorts it out. I, I don't know. I think Logan Stanley is one. I mean, there's not a lot of of there's not a lot of pressure on Logan Stanley given that he's the you know the rookie on this team. But I think his presence, his physical presence, I think a lot of the good things that he did against Edmonton are only going to be amplified now because of the fact that well, he, here's a guy who went against two of the best players. I mean, he didn't play all of his minutes against Connor McDavid and that. But when they did, I mean, this guy, he stood his ground. I, I remember the first game of this regular season. He, Logan Stanley comes in against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and everybody's like, oh, he'll never be able to keep up with Austin Matthews, you know, or Mitch Marner or whoever. And, and, and it turned out to be the fact that, you know, Logan Stanley is probably one of the Jets' better defensemen at this point. Like, and I would suggest he's right up there with some of the other guys in terms of his effectiveness in the role that he's playing right now. Um, you know, I, I thought that 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 third pairing was really good in that Edmonton series, and something the Jets can probably now lean on a little bit more. Um, but you know, I, I think they need Adam Lowry to do what he continued to do: um, physical presence, right? Um, I think Matthew hey, Pro needs to of- again be that net presence that that repest, You know, so yeah, yeah. I I, I, I think you know Dubois and Perot, particularly being the uh, you know the guys from Quebec, oh. they always seem to get up, up for that game. But you know, you mentioned the Lowry line, and you know, even yeah. though we didn't see it until the second half of Game Three, we assumed that at full health, the Lowry line would be given that top opposition line. Um, Paul Maurice is going to have the last change tonight. How do you see him? Um, like, do you think that there's any preferred matchups for him right now? Will he just, you know, roll out best on best and have Shifley go at Dano? Or um, it, yeah. like, who does who do they put Lowry? What's the Lowry assignment if you're Coach Paul Maurice? Probably Josh Anderson line, maybe. I mean, it just depends on. I, I think their lines are staying the same, and I can't remember where where Anderson was pitted. On he's that he's with Kakaniemi and Byron. I mean, yeah. essentially, and I'll read this out for people that are listening on the podcast. We've got Dano with Jake Evans and Brendan Gallagher, Nick Suzuki with Caulfield and Toffoli, yeah. probably their most, you know, talented yeah, offensive line. Yeah, I can see line. that line too then, yeah. Yeah, Byron, Kakanami, and Anderson, and then a fourth yeah. line of Perry, Stahl, and Armia. And the one thing that's interesting, we talked about how, you know, confident Maurice was in the fourth line and the way he played them in the series against uh, Edmonton. Um, th- I would say, at least on paper, Scott, this looks to be a matchup of both teams where... I don't yeah. think we'll see as many top-heavy minutes, uh, a big difference between the top and certainly the third lines. And I think both fourth lines are going to get significant ice time. Yeah, and I'm interested to see, I mean, you know, to, to not really answer your question, I'm not entirely sure how Maurice, because Maurice talked about this a little bit yesterday, I believe it was. You know, it, it's not a series as much about line matching as it is, you know, about probably feel, right? Like, you know, what does a certain game demand out of certain lines and that sort of thing. So, Obviously, the Nick Suzuki line is a dangerous line. But I also think that's dangerous, too. I mean, you know, Eric Stoll and Corey Perry are both Stanley Cup winners. Um, so let, let's not forget that as well. Josh Anderson is a big kind of bruising f- power forward when he wants to be. Um, so it'll be interesting. I, I think these two games are going to be, you know, feeling out a little bit. Well, at least the first, you know, first game, at least, is going to be a, a bit of a feeling out process because, you know, it, it, these lines are now, you know, they both sort of have... Both teams kind of have this forward makeup 
um, where you know they, they can run four lines, right? So you can almost just kind of roll the lines and see how it works. Um, I, I think the Winnipeg's fourth line can be a formidable you know line in this series as well because of how well they checked in the first game. I mean, in the first in the first series in, in the series against Edmonton, so. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I'm interested to see what it is because I don't exactly know at this point. Based on what Paul Maurice has said, it doesn't seem like they'll focus too much on it right away. But we'll see. I'm thinking that there's more of a chess match, right? I mean, there was a chess match in the first, you know, in the first round. It kind of switched halfway through it, well, halfway through game three because the Jets had to figure out more offense. I don't think that's going to be the same thing. I don't think it's 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 more trying to limit the offense this way in the same way you did against Edmonton. Yeah. I think it's a lot different in this series. Uh, well, so I think you is, might be able to open up the taps a little bit more, right? Well, and 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 that is you know, and we'll see. I mean, it'll be very interesting to see the matchups and how this game number one develops because I mean, the biggest difference, you know, in addition to style of play, is the fact you know, like yeah, there's no McDavid or there's no Drysaddle on the Montreal Canadiens, but we just yeah. talked about that fourth line. I mean, you stack those up, and they are they're a balanced squad with guys yeah. that can do stuff on all four lines, and you know it'll be a challenge for all the Jet lines, both you know in their own end first, um, you yeah. know to get that puck and hopefully spend a little bit more time in front of Carey Price on the way out. Have you made any public declarations of uh, hot take predictions yet for this series, Scott? I have. I was on Kenny and Rennie yesterday for their post game or their preview or their playoff second round playoff preview. Um, I have them at the, the Jets winning actually four two in the series in six games. I, I, part of this is learning from the first round. I mean, I don't think anybody really picked. You know, some people did obviously, but nobody really picked Winnipeg to win in the fashion that they did. Um, but you know, for me, it was always about okay. You know, they did all this talking heading into the playoffs. Go ahead and prove it. Well, they did. So. I'm not betting against the Jets this time. I think I think I know the regular season games. You know, there were six and three record for the Jets. They were closer games because three of those games were won in overtime. But I just think the Jets have an advantage, and I think part of that is in goal. I mean, I think that's a big part of it. I think they just have a more offensive lineup, and those taps will be opened a little bit more in this series. And I think the fatigue factor is going to play a part. I mean, I just think that when you're playing another four games. In, in six and a half to seven game series, I, I think that's a part of it. I mean, it, it, this is a Montreal team that isn't a hardened playoff team. I think the Jets have experience going into this round that they have from the last few years. And and I think that, you know, Connor Hellebuck, again, just going back to him, he has a point to prove and, and he wants to prove it. And, and we saw that in the first round. And I think, you know, I, I carry Price is an unbelievable goalie a heart winner five years ago or six years ago now, I believe it was. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think Connor Hellbuck just has the edge. That mental edge um, is there for him. You're seeing him playing his game, that big, boring style. Um, but it, it's, yeah, he's just locked in right now. And so, yeah, I, I got the Jets winning in six. Yeah, I don't think that Hellebuck isn't, um, you know, absolutely looking forward to one of the great challenges of his career going right. up against Carey Price in a seven-game series. Scotty, great stuff. Uh, what do you have cooking in the sun over the course of uh, the next couple of days in the series? Yeah, we're going to see. Um, it's been a lot of news, 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 obviously, for me with COVID lately, but uh, hopefully some good analysis coming up uh after games one and two, as I hoping uh, to get more time to to cover a little bit more Jets here, as as you know, it kind of goes on uh, in the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, hopefully a few stories. I uh, got a couple that I in my mind that I'm thinking about, but uh, no spoilers yet. 
Well, hopefully a nice big report on a game one win tonight in tomorrow's Winnipeg Sun. I think we'll all take that. Scotty, thanks so much for doing this. Keep up the great work. Appreciate you joining us and uh, enjoy the series. Can't wait for puck drop tonight. Yeah, thanks, Hus. Appreciate it. Good stuff. There he is, Scott Billick. Uh, I'm sure you're already following him already, but if you're not, at Scott Billick, and you can check out his work um, covering the Jets and, of course, also being a go-to guy on all things COVID uh, for the Winnipeg Sun. He's at Scott Billick on Twitter. All right, we are going to – we've got to get to lines for tonight. Uh, we've got some picks for the races we also have to, um, well, we're going to do a Nick and Nicky DQ cake, and we're going to figure out, I think we might do a draft lottery-style contest. Um, we'll get to Remus in just a second. But before we do that, big thanks to our brew sponsor, the official beer of Winnipeg Sports Talk is Little Brown Jug, an incredible local brewery cranking out some of the best beers you'll find anywhere, including the brand-new Summer Lager. And, sorry, I guess I should get that there, Summer Lager. And... The Hefeweizen, as we've said before. Now, the 1919, my personal favorite. I think I'll have a couple 1919s tonight for the game. Uh, But right now, with the heat coming, the easiest thing for you to do is go on to littlebrownjug.ca. They've relaunched the website. It's easier than ever to buy beer, uh, beer, and they'll deliver it right to your home. So uh, get there right now, littlebrownjug.ca. It's 30-plus for the next five, six days. You're definitely going to need to be hydrated, and I don't think there's a better hydration around than Little Brown Jug. Big thanks to the LBJ gang for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. And, of course, Assiniboia Downs. We will get to the results from last night's bets between the duel at the downs between myself and Michael Remus. We'll have a couple more picks coming up in just a couple minutes. But don't forget, the uh, Parade to Post goes at 7.20 tonight. Live racing, you can check it all at hpibet.com. Bet both our track and tracks around the world simply from your computer. And I know Remo and I were watching some of the races last night. They've got a great YouTube coverage as well. Or you can get the races live right on the HPI uh, HPI Bet site. So hpibet.com, Assiniboy Downs, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, live racing all season long. And, of course, our friends at Aikens Lake. Talking to Pitt Turin out at Aikens due to the um, health regulations. They're shut down right now until June 12th. Hopefully get right back on the water after that. Uh, if you are looking for an incredible vacation to a world-class fly-in fishing lodge close to Winnipeg on the water in about an hour and a half, Aikens Lake is the place you're going to want to see. You can see some incredible pictures of Aikens in the screen if you're watching live on the video feed. Uh, AikensLake.com, at AikensLake on Twitter. Hopefully we'll see you out there at some point this summer. All right, great stuff with Dale Weiss, Scott Billick. We are counting down to puck drop tonight between the Winnipeg Jets and the Montreal Canadiens. And Michael Remus, uh, it does seem that, um, you know, like last week when we were invaded by a number of Leaf fans, the Hab fans are stepping up and uh, representing their club. And uh, I would expect no different when you have um, these two final teams standing looking for bragging rights as to who are the top dogs in Canada. Yes, uh, Montreal, very historic franchise, and a lot of fans. And even when you see Montreal come to Winnipeg, I think it's like half Habs fans. It always oh, blows drives me away. Me so crazy. Yeah, so uh, of course they're all in chat. To be honest, it, it's been pretty civil. I don't have anyone hurling insults to each other mostly. Nice, thank Albuck. you. Well done, yeah. Habs fans. Well done, Jets fans. That's the yeah. way we want to do it here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And it's, by the way, speaking uh, of the chat, look who's back today. Shout out to uh, the Russian contingent, Nikolai Baranov. 
Nikolai, yeah. great to see you. Great to see you. And again, we, we nailed that. I touched up on some of my Cyrillic last night, Reem, after uh, after yeah. the show when I uh, when I remembered what I learned in intro to Russian at the University of Manitoba. I will still have to. Um... I'll still have to uh, clip that that segment yesterday where you spoke uh, in Russian. I know the people out there on Twitter need to see that. It needs to get out there, but okay. uh, it's awesome. Yeah, what are you saying in there? I, I'd say there's also something in the chat that we need to bring up right now, and I do not want to be fake news guy. This is not uh, this is not blue check mark. I do not know. I have no details on this, but I am seeing that Michael Young has says that Skip has jet dogs from Bell MTS Place. For oh, the game I saw tonight. that. Have we, have we confirmed that? Is that true? I haven't confirmed. Do you want me to, like, try right now? Here. Well, see. I mean, I don't think you'd probably order it. I doubt they're open yet for the Skip Dogs. But anyways, if you have information on the availability of the jet dog on Skip the Dishes, um, but Split says I think that's I, true make... going forward. I, I Listen, I, I would consider, I would actually consider... I'm missing the arena that much and being able to be there with the fans. I would actually consider ordering a jet dog on Skip the Dishes. One of the most elite do- concession items in the league, period. I would do it just to take a picture and put it on social media. Got to get those likes, whatever way you can. Got to celebrate the game. So sure, jet dog, although I could, I, you know, I just cleaned my barbecue on the weekend. I could be in for just making a, a home style jet dog with a couple of LBJs. Uh, you know what? Here, I, I've got a quick history lesson for you all about it's a hot dog and hockey related, and it goes to the history of the jet dog. So the jet dog was the toasted moose dog when the moose came in after uh, obviously the Jets left. And if you recall back in Jets 1.0 era in the Winnipeg Arena, I believe outside North End Section Three Four Five, there was the spot there where you would get. It was only one spot in the arena you could do them. The toasted dogs, and they were smaller hot dogs, but they were buttered on both sides. They had a special bun. They would grill them, and that became the genesis for the big moose dog, which became the big jet dog. What I didn't know, and I had heard about this, is those dogs that we made here in Winnipeg were a takeoff of the chien show, which uh, I believe is French for hot dog, famous at Le Colisee and in Montreal, and when I did go to the Bell Centre, I took down a couple of those, uh, as my buddy Rob Drager, who was with me at the game, called them Little Beauties. Certainly not as big as the Jet Dog, but if you're ever going to the Bell Center, I'm sure any Habs fans that are with us in the chat right now will agree. Uh, while not as big as the monster Jumbo Jet Dog and themselves, the original Toasted Dog, I believe, came from Quebec. They're still served today, and they are amazing. How about that history lesson, Reem? That was a good. Uh, that was a really good history lesson. Has so love a good hot dog. So, and I've, I have tag our had, dogs are better. <laughs> like we that had, one, uh, so. we did have Jamie McLennan on a couple weeks ago, and I know he's one when he was backing up in Montreal. He would be looking forward to the popcorn and hot dogs while he was sitting at his post, possibly waiting for a chance to get into the game. If anybody actually does order a jet dog on Skip. Um, Take a pic and tweet us tonight at yeah. Sports Talk Winnipeg at Hustlerama at M Remus. Uh, I might do it as well. Um, yeah, listen, I know it's probably not cheap, but listen, we're think of how much money we're all saving off tickets through this playoff run. We'd all be broke by now, or at least certainly if you can win a few more games. So, uh, anyways, yes, yes, Franco, the Chien Show Toaste. That's exactly it. The toasted hot dog from 
Quebec and Le Montreal Canadiens. All right, Remote, before we'll get to the lines for tonight's games in a minute. Mm-hmm. Let's quickly get to our picks for Assiniboia Downs. And um, you whiffed last night, I do believe. I split my bets out, won my first one, um, but did not win the rest. So I was close to maybe just a little bit negative. Um, but we got to get some wins tonight. And because of the timing of the game, of course, they'll go to post at 7.20, first race, right around 7.30, 7.35. I've strategically placed my wagers today, Remo, in the duel at the Downs in race six and race seven. So unless we go to a long overtime, the game will be finished. We can listen to some post-game coverage on OB, check out the IC guys, and watch the races so as to not miss anything when we're going on the game. So I'm in on race six and seven. How are you handling tonight's action? Yeah, I was in race um, five and seven. So I think five might have a chance to be going on after the game. We'll wait and see. Last night I was on horse American League, and um, he got off to a good start, was in there, but halfway through he totally died. I watched it on the Cinnaboy Downs. Not died. He fell you know, fell off. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to... They didn't have to euthanize him on on the chat. Yeah, poor choice, poor choice of words there. Uh, But um, yeah, he kind of fell off, so uh, he moved to the back of the pack. So um, yeah, I didn't win there. So I've kind of diversified tonight. I'm not. I've been doing the twenty dollars on one horse. I do have two bets tonight: a fifteen dollar bet and a five dollar bet. So if you want to go first, I can bring up the video here. All right, I will. And uh, last night, yeah, my first bet on Thin Line did come in. He won. The other ones did not. So um, I'm taking it. I'm splitting it over three bets. As I mentioned, we're waiting until race six to get going to give us plenty of time to finish the hockey game. And uh, I could not not jump on a horse named City Champ. So City Champ is getting half the bankroll today. Ten bucks on City Champ to win in race six. And then for race seven... I'm going with eight. Uh, sorry, five bucks on number eight empirical data to win the race, and I'm putting my other five on an eight-five Quinella. Uh, so hopefully, can win both of those if empirical data wins and number five comes in second. So there you go. Um, seven, it's a number seven city champ in race six, and number eight empirical data in race seven and an eight-five Quinella. What do you got, Reem? Yeah, I'm going with race five. I got a Quinella three and five, so those horses need to finish uh, first and second in any order. I like shooting money and Mr. Dazzle. That's in race five. I got 15 on those. And race seven, you know, we don't really talk about what we're going to do, but when you told me uh, you had race seven, $5 and number eight to win, I was like, hey, I have that pick too. Maybe we're getting our info from the same place. That is empirical data, love stats. So I'm going with empirical data. Can't uh, you got to use those analytics for the horse racing? Has to make your pick. So that is what not, I'm on. Not planned. Obviously, I hope we both win. Not planned. And I hope number five comes in second. So it ends up being like a double win for me and only a single win for you. Remus still has the lead. We'll update it weekly throughout the uh, the season. But those are our picks tonight for Assiniboia Downs. Check it out at hpibet.com. And as always, you can uh, follow there or on the Assiniboia Downs YouTube site at Assiniboia Downs. All right, cool bet lines. Let's get to them. National Hockey League series lines as well available. But for tonight's game, we have the Montreal Canadiens at Winnipeg Jets. Jets coming off this nine-day break. Habs coming off a thrilling seven-game comeback upset of the Maple Leafs. And the Habs tonight, having played so much more hockey, 
a little bit more of an underdog tonight than they are in the series. Plus 124 on the road. Jets, home favorite, minus 141. Uh, the total on the game is 5.5. Over is plus 121. Under, minus 137. And the puck line, if you do like the Jets to win by two, you can get just about two to one, plus 197 on Jets puck line, minus one and a half. Other game tonight is a late game, nine o'clock it'll start. Perfect timing for you hockey fans, doubling it up. It's Vegas Golden Knights, Colorado Avalanche. No surprise after the mauling that the Avs laid on the Knights in game number one that they're a heavy favorite again tonight. Minus 196 at Coolbet and plus 173 for the Vegas Golden Knights. I will also give you an update on the Winnipeg-Montreal series price. Uh, as we mentioned, this opened up at minus 114. I know a lot of you jumped on the Winnipeg Jets at that number. It went to minus 120 yesterday. It's now minus 127. And that was sort of, we figured that the line would end up probably between minus 120 and minus 125. A little bit more on the Jets. And um, that is bad news for a cool bet if the Jets do keep winning, Remus. Because as we mentioned, uh, Chris Abbott came on the program a week or two ago and let us know that of any team in the National Hockey League heading into the playoffs, by far the biggest liability for the book was if the Winnipeg Jets go on a big run and win it. And it's the same thing for this series. Saw upwards of 90% of the bets on the Winnipeg side of things, which, to be honest, scares the hell out of me. Yeah, and I agree. When you hear, you know people are that big of a favorite you do kind of turn your ears they perk up a bit um the jets are the favorite uh, what is it, minus 127 to win the series um i guess a lot of people seeing the value i think you know their number probably went down after that losing streak but those who do subscribe to the you know to analytics say you know what this isn't the real jets team and they definitely proved that in the first round so i think they were just a value pick going on we talked with uh, Digital Gambler, Gambler, Andy McNeil, before the start of the playoffs. He said he was in on the Jets. So uh, we'll see how it goes against Montreal, but maybe there's some. the value has now switched to uh, Montreal, where maybe early on, if you if you got in there right when it was announced, you know the Jets were a, a nice price. But I would probably still go with, uh, with the Jets here. Oh, man. Uh, listen, great stuff in the chat today. Uh, let's get some predictions here. Jets fans, Habs fans, everybody here. Predictions for game one tonight, and if you want to put a prediction in for the series as well, we'll be able to go back and watch the chat and see which one of you were geniuses beforehand. Um, you know, I'm feeling good about the Jets' chances, but I think this is going to be a very tough, hard-fought series that at times might not look beautiful, but it will be what playoff hockey is all about. And you know, I just think the way the Jets played, the way they rose to the occasion in the big moments in the first round, I think really... Um, puts them in a good place going into this game. But to be honest, you can say the exact same thing about the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, they were left for dead. And they came out period one of game five and said, you have to beat us to get us out. And that Maple Leafs were never able to rise to that level um, in the final three games. And yet here we are, Winnipeg and Montreal. Um, this is going to be a great, great series, Reem. And uh, again, we've said this before, very happy that there'll be 500 of the uh, healthcare heroes that have been helping us get through this pandemic that'll be in the building. Uh, but really, the only thing that's missing is a full house, white-clad fans. Um, and mm -hmm. for the time being, the whiteout will take place in uh, your household with only members of your household. Yes, of course. I am enjoying uh, There's We've seen some social media videos of fans 
dancing. I know the Jets have asked fans to send in videos that they're going to be playing. What? Or they did it in the first round. They're going to be playing on the, uh, you know, on the walls as the players come out. Um, you know, they've talked so much about how they missed uh, that atmosphere and uh, how could you not. So we hope to get back there soon. Not tonight, but 500 fans. I'm curious how it's going to be. Scott said, you know, that they were going to have an impact. I was like, I don't know, 500, but um, I think it's more more than you think. So uh, I think it'll definitely be another yet another unique atmosphere, and the Jets have done such a great job at dressing up the arena for playoff hockey in, in white with their new th- We Are Winnipeg and the towels as well. Hey, speaking of, do you want to put up that video, speaking of fan videos from Jets sure. fans? I, I'll give a shout-out to Carter Chen. Winnipeg socialite, former reality TV star, or at least that's what it says in Carter's uh, bio on uh, online. Carter has continued to make a bunch of funny videos. He had the big heads of Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler. He's now added a big head of himself into his uh, into his operation. Um, so he did uh, a fun, like a crisscross jump video today. But the Muffin Man, the Muffin Man who is a regular around these Winnipeg Sports Talk Streets sent us a video of his brother, Jordan Melnick. And I will tell you that Jordan did a great job of, you know, encapsulating the fan at home. But even better, he utilized the music, the epic takeoff of Wang Chung's Everybody Have Fun Tonight back in the 80s when the White Oak got started with, I believe the song is called Everybody Shake White Tonight. Uh, Remo, get, give me a Yeah, here, this is it. Here he is, like, dancing on TikTok. So we've seen a lot of these. These are pretty funny. you got to listen to the song here, folks, for all you Wang Chung fans out there. Are there Wang Chung fans? No way. Oh, they were big back in the day, Reeve. i got to bring out my pom-poms. I, ha- I still have those uh, down here. I brought them out before the playoffs started. Here's the hook. It's pretty well done. So, Jordan, very good job. If you want to give Jordan a follow, you can do it at GDM Cometh. And uh, he's got all sorts of stuff. Uh, uh, Some great hot takes on the hockey and uh, did the video. So if you have any other fun stuff like that you've done fan-wise, hit us up. We'll have some fun with those throughout uh, throughout the series beginning tonight and as we mentioned you know back to you know hockey in this game talk with scott about the importance of game one the opportunity for the winnipeg jets in game one considering what the habs have gone through over the course of the past week and uh you know, there really won't be a ton of time for rest for the montreal canadians with four games in the first six nights um so really important for the jets to take advantage of the rest that they've had but come out ready to go and uh, really try to assert themselves right from the opening shift tonight Okay, wait, I'm getting ripped in chat. Apparently, there are people who like Wang Wang Chung, but like they have one oh, yeah. song. So, but no, like, I no, get no, you can no, like no, that no. song. What do you mean they have one song? They have one song. Like, aren't they the biggest one-hit wonder? You, like, you one probably here? weren't born then, so you have absolutely no. This is like me giving ballet takes or something like that. Something I know <laughs> no, nothing I, about whatsoever. They're on all the one-hit wonders lists. Come on, are they not? Do they have uh, any other hits? Do they have any others? I'm looking yes. at it right now. Yes, they yes, they absolutely do. Have they uh, had Dance Hall Days? Thank songs. you, Bravo Bry. Dance Hall Days. A huge, huge hit back in the day. 
let's you know what maybe i'm gonna get i'm already uh my hanukkah gift for remus is gonna be a uh wang chung greatest hits compilation next year okay dance hall days did hit number five in canada everyone everybody have fun 1986 at number one oh to live and die in la thank you chuck another great one to live and die in la i think that was on some sort of a uh, movie soundtrack that peaked at number 41. I'm more familiar in the Tupac song, To Live and Die in L.A. Is, there, is that related? Exactly. Is, exactly. Basically, a takeoff of Wang Chung. He originated no. the uh, rap influencers, and, old school hip-hop influencers, Wang Chung. Yeah, Wang Chung. Okay, so my Wang <laughs> Chung takes apparently pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, Ekran Global mentioning Welcome to You, my friend, uh, the original Whiteout video from the 80s that that was referencing is available on YouTube. Check it out if for no other reason to check out the haircuts. Um, it was uh, that that was our whiteout. That is okay. the beginning, the humble whoa. roots of the whiteout here in Winnipeg. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Rob Mahoney says I don't know what a cassette is. Okay, calm down, Rob. I'm well aware. I just sold a couple uh, rock cassette tapes on Facebook Marketplace. A couple I was about weeks to ago, say, so Rob, Rob, you're down. obviously not on Facebook Marketplace very often because uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen or held an eight track, Remus? Uh, eight tracks before my time. I don't think I ever played one. I think but, so. Uh, what about an album? What about uh, like a, a record? Oh, I- I got like a stack of vinyl LPs right beside me. Oh wow! Here, Hipster I, vinyl I some, guy? I did not know I that. Was, I was buying vinyl when I was in uh, in high school, actually, and the collection's grown. But then I was after you know, the most recently, you know, when vinyl's taken off, I'm like, you know, why would I take the time to take a record out of the thing, put it on? Uh, record player when I can literally ask my speaker to play any song I want. So I'm kind of out on vinyl now. Like, what's the point? It's too much of a hassle. Uh, look for a number of records up on Facebook Marketplace very soon yeah. under I mean, a uh, get, seller at Remus. Yeah, for sure. Pull them out while you do it. Um, we'll get this. Have a little fun right now. Take our minds off the game for a little right, bit because there's see. a lot of nervous got, energy uh, oh, around the chat. I got Chinese. But- Chinese Democracy on vinyl. I got, uh, what's this, Jeff Beck. We got, oh, Led Zeppelin vinyl. See, I got some real vinyls. We got Metallica. Oh, this one's Ooh. autographed. What? Uh, we got. Oh, yeah. hold on a second. Autographed Metallica yeah. Ride the Lightning? Yeah. I, I can show the picture of me meeting them. You want me to pull it up? Well, no, let's keep keep going through these records. We don't want to. Uh, you what know, else do we got here? ADD time. here. Show and tell. Oh, Billy Idol. Billy Idol. <laughs> Rebel Yell. That's a classic. Hey, All time classic for one. sure. For sure. Oh, Bon Jovi. Slippery when wet. Come on, this is a legendary, <laughs> legendary it's, record. It's not just slippery when wet. It's slippery when wet on vinyl. On vinyl. Oh, and I got Wanted Dead or Alive, the 12-inch <laughs> single. <okay>? People <laughs> are loving been, oh, this in the chat oh, right po- now. Poison? Open oh, up and say, ah. Does that one have sick? Unskinny Bop on it? I think so. This is one with the good cover. I think they had one after this that didn't have this controversial cover. They had to re-release <laughs> it. This was too much. People couldn't what handle was... this in 1980s. What, were they biting Gene Simmons' shtick with the one-foot-long tongue? Uh, here. This is the back. The back of this is like you, you just don't see this kind of stuff anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't. You really don't. <laughs> what else do you got here? Oh, I got. Oh, this is a Jesus Christ post Soundgarden. There we go. I just pull, <laughs> pulled up a stack. Party at. Oh, everyone says, oh, Bon Jovi. I didn't actually go to Bon Jovi when he came here at the stadium that time. I regret it. Oh, my God. I got U2. See, I got vinyls, Huss. Come on. I'm on Discord. Oh, last, this is a good Oh, band. and a little VH. I think this is 5150. 
Uh, oh, sure. that was start. That was the start of the Sammy era. Yeah, I actually love Sammy Sammy Hager. I think I'm a big Hager guy compared Not to David Lee Roth. Street. Well, what an what an exhilarating exhilarating uh, end yeah. to the program. Now, um, do we want to uh, let's do a DQ cake for Nick? Um, do we want to do this as in a the draft lottery, or do we want to do the wheel, or do we want to do marbles? You're the CTO. You decide. Uh. Well, did you want to do the draft lottery? If you was that OU eight one twelve? I don't know which one that was. Yeah, yeah, for, OU eight one two, or maybe it was. I'm not uh, sure. I don't remember. Do we want to do marbles, or do you want to do uh, draft? You can, you can What's... increasing value putting them on the pod. Yeah, because as mentioned on Winnipeg Sports Talk, this vinyl edition. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> now shows my. I don't have. I don't have. Oh, everyone wants marbles. Everybody wants marbles. Everyone wants it. Okay. Everyone well, wants hopefully marbles. Doesn't break my computer. Okay, we can take, yeah, a, take a list. Hopefully, of it won't. Remo, you get it up. Do you want me to just read you out some of these names of the people that are in in with us? Let me just open it uh, first. Oh, I need to update marbles. Uh oh. Hopefully, it doesn't affect this stream. I remember one time I was downloading something. Like my wife goes to watch Netflix, and uh, all of a sudden you're blurry. <laughs> No, yeah. it's got to update. It's got to update. <laughs> you gotta gotta listen to it. Yeah, everyone is definitely in on the uh, in, in, <laughs> Remus making me miss wedding socials. Shark Mifley, you don't tell. By the yeah. way, Shark Mifley, your Instagram game is on fire right now. I'm loving mm-hmm. the posts. Um, there's a plug for our, one of our regs, Shark Mifley. I believe the Instagram is the exact same as his. Um, YouTube handle with us in the chat. Some absolutely hilarious posts um, all around the Jets and the uh, and the Stanley Cup playoffs for the most part. So what's the uh, what's the final verdict? Are we going to take a chance on marbles here? Or, uh... I got to update it so it says it's complete. But we'll give me a. Sec. Oh, oh, I see. So. You were actually were just doing the update. Well, but um... it's downloading right now. It's it says it's a hundred percent, but um, I don't know if I can run it yet. So. Hey, one thing that I should mention, because we've been talking hockey all day long, when Reem is, uh, well, he figures out this marbles thing. Last night in the NBA, Reem, did you happen to see any of the end of that Portland-Denver game? Dame Um, 55 points, 12 three-pointers. They were down eight with like a minute and a half left in the first overtime. And it, it was one of the most ridiculous, incredible performances I've ever seen. And it still wasn't enough as the Joker, Nikolai Jokic. And this was all happening in game five of a series tied 2-2. It was, uh, it was incredible. And you know what? Even though the Blazers lost, there wasn't a lot of people talking about Denver and winning the third game. It was all about one of the most absolutely ridiculous individual performances I can remember seeing in a long, long time. Yeah. Also, don't forget uh, the Lakers going down 3-2 to the Suns. Um, we will wait and see. My marble app doesn't want to, doesn't want to go. So I don't know. All right. Well, we may have to do a wheel then. Okay. You know how games are these days, Huss, where, you know, you used to go buy a game. You put the CD in and it's good to go. Now it's like, you got to get updates. Yeah. My computer, it's not working right now. I did something. You got to load it. Okay. What about the wheel? I'll fire you You some names. Yeah. Wheel of Fire me some names. We can, we can spin the wheel of names. Sure. Okay, folks, um, we will uh, we'll put off the marble race till tomorrow or Friday. Yeah. Uh, and again, we'll if you win, if you win, you got to be in Winnipeg to pick up from one of the four Nick and Nicky DQs. Okay, let's go. Uh, Bravo, Bry. Okay, one sec, one sec. Let me. I ha- it still has the list of names from last time. 
So here we go. Bravo, Bri. Okay. Uh, Laurent Grattan. Yeah. Motown Mitch. Yeah. Tyson. Tyson yeah. D. Tristan Rivers Music. Yeah. Jeff Kabilis. Yeah, just shout him out fast. Larry Eloy. Yeah. Leslie Leslie M. Yeah. Uh, James Robinson. Yeah. Miller Time 1980. Jets yeah. 281 last time, so uh, you're timed out. Um, Cat B, who loves your record collection, Michael. Oh, really? Oh, nice. Yeah, they definitely. And I'll put increased odds for Cat B. No, I don't think uh, I can do that. Dino, Dino uh, Postolopoulos. Nailed that name. Um, I hope you're in Winnipeg because you're in if you win. Uh, Mitch Z is with us. Yeah. De- Dennis Ferreira. Yeah. Rachel Richards. Yeah. T. Kona Pauly. Rob Mahoney. Chris Beck. Sheila yeah. Schlepp. Al Broderick. in the comments. Yeah, and and we'll go. Uh, oh, a bus split and shark mifley, or yeah, like you know, you know what I'm saying. Okay, there's a bunch shark of names. Mifley, yeah, we got. If we didn't get you names. in, if we didn't get you in, we'll have a much bigger run for the marbles. All right, this is going to be for one of the DQ cakes. If you once you win, uh, hit us up on send us a DM on Twitter because we can't message you through YouTube to get you to uh, click it up. All right. Um, we normally we're a marbles team here, but today it's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be the wheel of fortune. And who will the Winnipeg Sports Talk Wheel of Fortune end up on? Uh, CTO, you can take it away. Introduce this. Oh, it looks very very good. Everyone's names there, and we're simply gonna spin it. And uh, whoever comes through, we're gonna hook you up with a uh, delicious ice cream cake from our friends at the Nick and Nicky DQ Group, Niverville Northgate. St. Anne's or DQ Polo Park. Take it away, Reem. Okay, I'm going to click the button and we're going to see who it lands on. Are you ready? You want to do like a countdown? Three, two, one, spin to win. Oh, T. Conapoli. T. Kona Pauly, nice. Very close for Rachel Richards. We just missed you. T. Kona Pauly, first ever time winner, always with us here on the chat. Great stuff. T. Kona Pauly, hit us up with uh, an Insta, either a direct message on Insta or Twitter, and we will make sure we get you hooked up with uh, with Nick and Nikki DQ. Well, listen, we did them all through the first round on game days, and the Jets kept winning. I wore the 4-0 blue Q-zip for good karma. And now we've given away another cake. T. Conopoly can uh, have that with the family on the weekend for game two as it's so darn hot. Man, great show, Remo. Thanks to everyone that's been with us, even as we kind of get through this nervous energy at the end of the podcast. Still over 500 people with us live in the chat. Just goes to show how much excitement there is. And to be honest, Reem, I have a feeling how little work is getting done by a lot of people as they just literally stare at the clock or hang out with us till we drop the puck tonight. I saw some people commenting in chat that, you know, they'll catch us later on the podcast. We're on all the platforms because they were at work and couldn't getting a lot done. I know a lot of people listen on the podcast, you know, whether it's after the show or, you know, the morning after, maybe on their drive to work. So we all are, we are on all the podcast 
platform, so we couldn't do a marble race today. Friday, we will definitely do it. I'll make sure my computer is updated and ready to go. It's that damn updates. They make you do, they just make you do them, and oh, oh well. So I'll have to do some uh, troubleshooting. T. Kona Pauly, great tip from former winner Gregory Liverpool. Uh, make sure you pick up the cake early in the morning or late in the evening. That might melt during the day. Either that or get yeah, some like, good, uh, you know, great tip from Greg, the sheriff, if you will. Bring a cooler. Um, well, uh, bring a cooler. I almost one brought of those one. bags. Uh, why wouldn't you? I mean, if you've had one, mm-hmm. do it. Um, but anyways, congratulations to T. Kona Pauly. Enjoy that Jets cake for a playoff game with the family. And uh, Remo, I think all that's left to do is uh, get ready for tonight's game. I will actually be jumping on with the guys on uh, Sportsnet 960 in Calgary at 4 o'clock our time. And then on with Dale Weiss at about 5.30 before the game. And of course, afterwards, the uh, Kelly Moore and the uh, CJOB crew will be breaking down everything with reaction on the radio side of things. I see Kenny and Rennie will be doing their thing after the game as well. And uh, Remo will be back tomorrow. We've got a couple big guests. Ken of Kenny and Rennie, as well as uh, the one and only JR coming in the house tomorrow. Yeah, I'm really excited to have on Jeremy Roenick. Uh, shout out to Sean Machado, who uh, helped us. This is I don't the know best if you were... story. Yeah, I don't know if you remember, Huss. It was a couple years ago. JR was in Winnipeg with NBC and did a feature where some Jets fans dressed him up for the whiteout. Well, Sean was one of those Jets fans who dressed up, dressed up JR. Uh, and him and JR have stayed in touch. So uh, shout out to Sean, who asked JR if he would come on and then gave me his number. So. Uh, JR, he's coming on, all, so I'm looking forward uh, to see uh, what, what's going on with him these days. It, it is not only is it awesome that he's going to come on and talk some puck with us, but the fact that Sean, being part of our Winnipeg Sports Talk crew, went out and made it happen for us is even better. You get the gold star today, Sean. May all your bets on tonight's game come through. Hopefully you've got the Jets on the puck line and are very, very happy. I can't wait for this game tonight. Can't wait to get this series on. The wait is just about over, folks. Tomorrow we'll break it all down with Ken Weeb. Jeremy Roenick's going to join the program and hand right into another game day show on Friday. For Michael Remus, I'm Andrew Patterson. Thanks again to PolicyMe.com, Royal Sports, Boston Pizza, Not Autocorp, Little Brown Jug, Assiniboia Downs, Breezy Bend, Country Club, Nick and Nicky DQ Group, CoolBet.com, and of course, Aikens Lake. Uh, folks, enjoy the game tonight. Should be a good one. It is just about time. The wait's almost over. We'll see you tomorrow, 1 o'clock on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. And by the way, if you're new here, make sure to hit that red subscribe button before you leave. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening, and enjoy tonight's Game 1 between the Jets and Habs. Oh, my God! Shut it down! Let's go home! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.